where combat sports changes on a dime. Two men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to and they were trying to sign it. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sandhagen, but I I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sandhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. Aljermaine Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. Do you hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh God, he might have me. Do you think Peña has a chance against Man Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think is that great. Wayne, Gon, and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations and Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Left by a while so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests. They protect their fighters and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts and this is what has allowed youtubers to come in and take over the sport and much much more i have them this weekend i'm just gonna let the board fall to me dalvin cook zeke cmc hopefully i can get one of those running backs i did my draft tonight as y'all can see with my fighting jersey on you have like your really really top tier wide receivers but then there's a pretty big drop off he didn't speak english so, like, the UFC, like, wasn't getting them title fights as fast as people who did speak. So it absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up, though, is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Olovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I... Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Olovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it just, like, the fact that Tony Khan actually actually just did that. Fightful. Fightful. Steven Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekender Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito for Loyal. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The Marksmen have arrived. Have arrived. Watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to Live Rounds, episode 45. Uh, this is an exciting one just because there's so much to talk about. So much has happened. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, it's honestly, for me, it's almost like a, kind of just coming back to reality. Like it really was like I completely escaped the world for a little bit and just got lost in everything. And now it's back to you know, I'm going to work tomorrow and I, uh, I was, you know, chilling at home this today and just trying to catch up on some things. Look, I haven't been able to really watch anything that happened over the weekend. I've watched a little bit of what some stuff on WrestleMania, just cause I wanted to see how it came across on TV. Um, but other than that, I still have a lot to watch. So it, overall awesome weekend and I'll definitely get into more of it, but, uh, how you doing, Steven, and uh, how'd you enjoy last weekend? It was awesome. It was a great, just almost like full week of wrestling from like Thursday night through Sunday, well, really through Monday because I watched Raw as well. I did not watch NXT today, um, but yeah, man, uh, we got a lot to talk about. As always, real quick before we get into it, shout out to Unkind Esports for being a part of the show. Check them out at unkindesports.com. Follow them on all social media at Unkind Esports and be a part of their community. If you're into video games, you'll love what they do over there. There's a lot of MMA fans, a lot of pro wrestling fans. So, uh, you know, go support them because support us. Once again, that's Unkind Esports, UnkindEsports.com. Um, yeah, people are already talking about the uh, the the uh, guys and girls below us. Um, yeah. And yeah, I the only one I changed was Lashley to make a point because I know Doug really wanted Omos off of it. So I, yes. I, re I replaced it. And then uh, the next show that y'all see, it'll be updated with like all the new champions and all that stuff. So this is still a WrestleMania based kind of uh set we're, we're using today, but yeah, there was, there was so much good stuff. Um, right off the bat, I, uh, I tweeted this. I said this on the weekender as well over at Fightful Select, but my top three matches of like the whole week, were Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins for obvious reasons. Wearing my American mm. Nightmare shirt right now. Um, you gonna got, get the uh, WWE one? Oh yeah, I'm gonna get like all the WWE. I'm, oh, I'm, it's, it's we're back, baby. Um, we're all in. And then uh, yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, FTR and the Briscoes. Which so you were at two of those, those three, and then uh, the other one was a uh, huge shout out to Cole Radrick, um, who had a crazy good weekend um his match with speedball mike bailey at unsanctioned pro um i thought was like the best indie if you don't consider ring of honor indie or y'all know what i mean um that that i thought was like the best i thought that was the best match of the collective i should say um so yeah check all that stuff out but awesome awesome week of wrestling moxley and music was another one that i had on my list on go i see i see that in the chat too that was another one that i recommended to doug i think as well yeah yeah, I've I've pretty much got all the stuff that I need to watch that I wanted to watch that I did see, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's kind of crazy. I don't even really know where to start. Um, I mean, I could go day by day if you want to, or if you want to talk about just WrestleMania at first, or I, I don't know how'd you want to do this. Well, first, shout out to everyone who's in here because we see we already got like thirty something people on the on the chat tonight. If you don't mind yeah. hitting that thumbs up, we really appreciate that before we get started. And if you have any super chats, you can send them through YouTube. Donation link is in the description below. Um, that's the way to guarantee that your voice is heard today. And I know there's going to be a lot of people uh, on this show with opinions of Cody's return to the WWE, 
of Brock and Roman, of a whole bunch of stuff. And we promise that if you send super chats or, donate, or donations, we will put them up on the screen. We'll read them out. We'll answer them. Uh, so we'll make sure to prioritize that because I know people are going to have a lot of opinions on a lot of the stuff from this weekend. Um, I, I guess like as far as uh, I don't know, uh, just just real yeah. quick. Any super chats said I appreciate it. I spent way too much at WrestleCon, <laughs> so just just saying that too. So I appreciate you supporting the channel, and I could use some money. So, anyways, go on. Did you meet Brooke Adams? No, I didn't even uh, see her to be honest with you. And and I saw like everybody, and I didn't see her. But then somebody posted a picture with her, and I guess she was like in the corner in the very back. Um, and I could exp I'll explain how it was all set up, but no, I didn't even see her honestly. Um, well, I guess now we got the most important thing out of the way. Yeah, um, yeah, for yeah. Sure. So I guess start on, we can start with Thursday and kind of like your experience yeah. that I can tell you about if it was something I also watched that I could, uh, I can add to a little bit, okay. like what it looked like from home. Okay. So Thursday I got up in the morning and I headed out probably around like nine o'clock in the morning and I headed just straight to Dallas for, um, the, uh, WrestleCon and it said that if you were to go in, like you, once you're checked in, you're immediately, you can go in. You just can't actually go up to the convention, which is kind of true. But really, once you check in, you just chill in the hotel lobby. So I'm chilling in the hotel lobby. And I mean, right off the bat, Kurt Angle's checking into the hotel. Xbox talking to a bushwhacker. Carrie Silken is talking to Road Dog at the bar. Um, and then like Rob Van Dam and Katie Forbes are walking by Ty and John Morrison. Like if you weren't feeling WrestleMania, like not really hitting you yet, all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, this is really happening. You know what I mean? Um, and then I, uh, my plan was to like, okay, I'm going to try to knock out like a big name and then get like a small name. Cause I only have two hours. I need two hours and I've got to head out to GCW. So um, but I was able to knock out like 10 people that day. So I, my list that I brought, like I almost had all of them complete and I still had two more days of WrestleCon. So, um, I went up there and let me look real quick just to go over all the people that I met on Thursday. Sure. Um, so Thursday, well, also at the hotel lobby, I, I saw Vladimir, who is the, oh, the super fan? I saw your yeah, super I saw, fan. I saw your picture with him. Yeah. Yeah. So I asked if I could take a picture with him. He was cool with it. So I took a picture with him. Told him he was like part of my childhood because he was like literally on every pay per view that I watched. Like he was always there. Um, super nice guy. Not the best at English, I don't believe, because he was kind of broken in some parts. But it, he was he was a nice guy. Um, and then my first one, I thought, okay. I'm going to go up there, and one of my main goals was to meet Cardona. So I met Cardona right off the bat. Um, and I'll say this about him. He wasn't rude or anything like that. I just I, – I guess I expected him to be more friendly than he was. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't rude, but he was kind of just about, like, business. And, like, if you're buying a photo op with him, that's cool. But, like, if you bought more stuff from him, I feel like he'd give you more, more time, I guess. Um, not that he brushed me off or anything. He just wasn't like the most. Sometimes what you see on what you see from like YouTube and stuff, like I didn't get that vibe across from him.
but he wasn't rude. So I, I don't want to like bash him or anything, but got Cardona done right next to him is Brian Myers. So I was like, I got to get the major bros. Like I got major bros. So I got uh, Brian Myers. And then I'm just like walking around. Well, hold on, real, real quick, real quick. Are yeah. you, are, while you're doing this, are you getting stuff signed by them too? Or are you just getting pictures? Or I'm just like, doing photo ops because okay, gotcha. they have combos and stuff. But the more money that I take away from that, I can't get as many photo ops, right? So I, gotcha. I literally strictly photo ops. Um, so I'm walking around and uh, I was like, man, it'd be great to get Jay White if I could. And he had like five people in line. So I went right up to Jay White, got Jay White done. Um, you know, just told his big fan. He was very cool. He was cool to everybody. Then I went over and talked to Killer Cross, got Killer Cross done. Um, it was funny because I told him that like, I like the way that he portrays himself on Twitter, like those video packages that he has and stuff. I'm like, if you were that guy, I think you would be way more successful and he was like, yeah, but that company won't let me be that. And I was like, I agree. And I don't like that company. He's like, I don't like that company either. <laughs> so he was cool. Um, and he, he definitely appreciated the feedback and he was a super nice guy. Um, and then I saw Jonathan Grisham. So I was like, okay, I'll get Jonathan Grisham. So I got Jonathan Grisham. I am, I am literally a foot taller than he is, but uh, he's the man. So I don't really care. But, uh, yeah, I knocked him out. And then I was like, you know, Britt's line isn't that bad. So I'm just going to go ahead and get Britt done. So got Britt done, talked to her about um, her being in Austin. And um, when she, like, trashed uh, Texans fans for having Whataburger faces and all that stuff. And uh, I told her, like, that really showed me that, like, she can get real heel heat and she can be a real good heel. And, she even agreed, like she agreed with that promo and she was super nice. So uh, that was really cool. Um, so at this point, you know, I'm like on cloud nine, I'm getting all my lists that I wanted to meet, you know, and uh, I walk into another room and Lance Archer is there. And I didn't even know that he was advertised. So I went up to Lance Archer, got Lance Archer done, told him that I've been there for Osprey and, um, his match with Osprey and his match with Moxley where he won the U S title uh, for new Japan. And uh, he was super cool. Got him done. And then I was debating on Onita, but he was so like friend fan friendly, like, Oh, Rocky. Cause I was wearing a Rocky shirt and he's like, oh, I love Rocky. And I was like, okay, I'll just get it done. Whatever. So I went and sat down with Onita and he like grabbed my neck like as <laughs> tight as he could and smiled with a big thumbs up. And it's funny too, is every morning that I came to the the hotel, Onita was downstairs at Starbucks every single morning. Like he had to get a Starbucks coffee. Um, so I got Onita done. And then, uh, then John Morrison and Taya got them done. And then that was it for that night. I went downstairs and watched a little bit of the AAA show for WrestleCon and like Gringo Loco were there. Jack Cartwheel was there. So I watched a little bit of that and then I headed out for GCW and the collective. Let me just say this about GCW, right? GCW is one of the most unorganized, successful companies I've ever seen in my life. Like, so you get there and the parking was free, thank God, because nothing is free down there, by the way. Parking's $12 a day at WrestleCon. Um, 
but you get there and it's like a pretty long path to to get to um the actual building and then when you're there it literally you know like effie had the sign saying our wrestlemania sign it's literally like just a poster board that says the collective in duct tape and then like everywhere you go that's all they've had right and then you show your proof of buying the ticket and then they give you a moo bracelet like a cow bracelet to wrap around your wrist to go in now i know so many people that they don't even pay attention to your name who's on the ticket nothing so if i sent you a screenshot of the ticket you could easily get in the building and it happened a bunch people went to free shows the whole weekend because they're not even paying attention to the name. They're not paying attention to um, what section you're in or anything. You have, they've put your name on a chair. So like if you bought fourth row, then they have your name on the chairs that you you got. But there were so many people, GA just standing all over the place, right? So, it, it, and the building could hold thousands if it wanted to. Like it's really long. So it could keep going and going and going if it wanted to. So, yeah, that just shows you that a lot of people got in for free. I'm telling you that right now. Um, but it was funny because we brought Billy, Bill's son, to it. And the first match right off the bat is uh, Nick Gage without a tag team partner, which, by the way, do you know why? Uh, no, all they said was that, like, that Tremont, what like they announced it like not long before the show started on like social media, but yeah, I had no idea. I'm like, it's just Nick Gage, he's here, that's it. Okay, cool. That, and Gage like, like responded on Twitter or he responded it through Brett Lauderdale or something. Gage said something about how he's like, you know, F that, I don't need a partner. So it's like, okay, so he's just gonna do this himself. So, like, as a fan, if you saw that going into it, you knew it was gonna be just him, and then. Slade just randomly replaced him for some reason. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And he just would like come up, but you know, I'll, the, the Nick Gage entrance is amazing. Anytime you can do it, it's awesome. So that was cool with the Briscoes um, and uh, SGC, but uh, it was a good match. I mean, it, it, it was what it was, nothing too crazy, but I, I thought it was a good match. Um, I don't remember the, the next match. Well, what, what did that. Bill's son think seeing that? So honestly, he was fine. He was fine till the he? main event. He's 10. Okay. He was fine till the main event, but he didn't say anything during the main event. So he goes, so after the show was over, he was like, Dad, you know when you said if I feel uncomfortable, I should let you know? And he was like, Yeah, he was like, mm -hmm. that match made me feel uncomfortable. He's like, okay, well, sorry, it's over. So there's not much we can do. But um, but yeah. the thing was, is the Moxie John, AJ... John, John Wayne Murdoch and Alice Cologne, right? Yes. Which is, yeah, yes. I, if I was 10 years old, I mean, dude, in 30 something years old for me, like that, like that's uncomfortable to watch. So I totally it was, get that. It was bonkers. But yeah. the Moxley AJ Gray match, um, like they were right there. Like when they went to the ring, when Moxley got slammed up against the chairs, I mean, he was inches from us. And one thing that was cool, too, is when he got slammed up against the chairs, the first thing he did was check on the fan because the fan didn't move. They didn't leave. So he smashed right into that guy. And uh, he checked to see if the guy was okay, and he was. So it was cool. But, um, man, I, I really thought A.J. Gray was going to win that match. 
So did I. I thought yeah. I thought it was a really good match, and I, you know, it's funny because I was thinking for sure, like, oh, you know, Moxley out of rehab, he's ready to like just get back to regular wrestling. He's kind of going to leave this death match stuff behind. Uh, nope. <laughs> so um, it was it was a brutal match. It, I really enjoyed the match. It was one of my favorite matches of the weekend, especially matches that I saw live. Um, but uh, that was the highlight, honestly, of that show. The X-Pac, uh, Joey Janela match was good, too. Like, the crowd was really into it. And X-Pac didn't mail it in, which I really appreciate. Um, Joey Janela wearing the Razor gear. Talk about heel heat. That was crazy. Uh, but I, I enjoyed that match for what it was. Um, and then... Uh, the Mickey James and Allie Catch, Bill covered Billy's eyes a couple of times in that match. <laughs> I'm sure you know which ones they are. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. And then um, the scramble match was okay, but I, I thought that they could have done better. It was kind of quick. But, I mean, Nick Wayne, Nick Wayne just keeps getting better, man. Props to Nick Wayne. Um and and so yeah, we left there. So 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 mind you, like I had been up since like seven a.m. I drove into Dallas. I went to WrestleCon. I was there till like almost seven. Then I went to the collective and uh, went to that GCW show. I really wish I could have gone back to that building though, because like it, GCW doesn't ever get like that quality of a venue, you know. So like to be in there, I really wish I could have saw more shows. And, you know, when I found out that you can get it for free, basically, I should have tried. Uh, but uh, it was um, it was cool. And then Friday, um, my my thing was, is I was like, OK, I'm just doing WrestleCon all day Friday. Right. Like I have nothing else to really do. I'm just going to do WrestleCon all day Friday. So um, I went in and uh, it was um, it was packed like really packed. So I didn't get a lot done that um, I wanted to, but I didn't have a lot that I like really needed to get done. So, um, oh, and by the way, before I left, I got to meet Effie. So I got my picture taken with Effie nice. and uh, he was free too. He didn't charge anything. Nick Gage was actually charging 25 bucks, which is rare. Normally he's free, but he was charging 25 bucks. Um, but they had like a, it was funny, this lady, of course, holding up poster board at the end of the show. And she's got like Nick Gage inside here, like an arrow pointing. And then you go in and they had like this huge merch and like a bunch of guys set up for meet and greets and stuff. Like, like I said, it was really cool venue. Like I've never seen GCW look like that. So I thought that was cool. Um, but like Brian Keith was even over in the corner. Um, but Ali Cash, uh, Jordan Oliver, I wanted to meet Jordan Oliver, but I was with Bill and them and I, and I had already just got my picture taken with Effie. So I was like, we can go. So anyways, uh, sorry, I have kind of a cold because, uh, I don't think I've been around that many people in over two years. So it's definitely, you know, germs and all that good stuff. But, um, I, uh, went to, um, Friday I went in and I, it was super busy, but I was able to meet um, Adam Cole. So I, I and I wasn't really going to meet Adam Cole, but because I met him before. But it was like, man, 
he's just right there. I don't have that long of a line. It's the beginning of the day. All right, I'll go ahead and do it. And I really don't regret that decision. He's he is the nicest wrestler I've ever met in my life. I'm not kidding you. Like, like I have pictures of him touching my arm, like patting me on my arm, and and like nothing but smiles in our whole conversation. And I just told him like how proud I am of him that like from since I saw him in ROH to what he's accomplished now and where he is. And then also like how much of a dream it is to have him in AEW because when the company started, like we had guys that we would absolutely love to have, but it just wasn't realistic. And then to have like an Adam Cole be able to do come in and, and a Brian Danielson and a CM Punk and all that, like I just told him it's just super exciting. It's a wrestling fan's dream. And he said that, you know, he loves it there and doesn't regret his decision at all. He's so happy he's over there. So it was just super cool. Very, very nice guy. And then like, so there's, the meet and greets are upstairs and then downstairs is the wrestling ring and the actual show there. If you have a super pass, which I did, three shows are free and then you can just go in there whenever you want. Like you just show your pass on your arm. And that's another thing. They give you a golden bracelet and the bracelet has to be on your arm the entire time. So I had to wear that thing for like three days, wherever I went, I had to shower with it, whatever. You're not allowed to take it off. Um, but whenever you like are going through the door, you just show them your bracelet and you're in, you, you can go in and out if you want to, it doesn't matter. So I went to, I go upstairs and then the way that they had, they had like a setup for impact and then a setup for new Japan. And then they would just like rotate wrestlers like every hour or two. And you would just go up there in new Japan. Each wrestler was $25, uh, impact. Each wrestler was $20. So there was a lot of guys in Impact that I wanted to meet. So um, I was able to meet uh, Josh Alexander. Um, I was able to meet Trey Miguel that day. And then I even got to talk to Joe Alonzo for a while because I always try to catch him at Loco and I'm not able to. And he said that him and Fuego should finish their feud that they've been building up for a long time at Loco Wrestling in July. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but he was super cool. And then we got to talk for a while, quite a bit, actually. And uh, that was basically Friday. Like, I just met Adam Cole, Josh Alexander, Trey Miguel, Joe Alonzo. And, uh, yeah. So the big one, the next day that I wanted to meet was Jeff Hardy. But that that was my biggest plan. Once I get Jeff Hardy, and then I saw that William Regal was going to be there as well. So he was up there for me. But... My WrestleCon day is done, and now I'm heading to Ring of Honor. Yeah, so let's talk about Ring of Honor. Let's talk about Ring of <laughs> Honor. Um, when I got to the venue, I was a little nervous because I've seen that venue like packed, and I've seen what the lines look like when you're when you, they're about to pack out a venue because I, you know, they've sold out that place before with like five, six thousand people. And it wasn't that at all, like at all. And I was like, oh boy, this could be rough. So we get to our seats and I mean, it is slowly getting full, but not what you want at all. So I'm nervous. I'm like, oh man, this show's like really riding on this crowd. And if this sucks, we're in trouble, you know? Um, but man, like once it started, it was like Blake Christian, Blake Christian and, um, uh, uh, 
Cole Cabana. Cole Cabana, yeah. That was the first match. And then it kept going, and, man, Dalton Castle still, like, no, no, no. But anyways. Um, that was short, though. It was him and uh, yeah. him and Joe Hendry wasn't too long. Right, right. So the opening match was Swerve and Alexane, which I really liked. And see, the funny thing is, too, is Bill had never seen Blake Christian, Christian and he saw him. At, oh, that was another match of Miss uh, GCW is Blake Christian versus AR Fox. That was really good. And he had never seen him before. So then when Bill saw him again in ROH, he was like, yes, you know, I like this guy. He's really good. And then I told him, you're going to really like Alex Zane, too. Alex Zane's really good. And uh, so he really enjoyed that, too. Um, so Alex Zane and Swerve was really good. And then what was next? That, that was, was the match that had that. That was the match that had the Poison Ron off the apron, right? Like, yes. That was sick, yeah. Yes, that was awesome. Yeah. That was an awesome move. What was the what was the next match? Was it the women's match? I can't remember the order. I can pull up the uh, the card though. I think it was the women's match. I could be wrong, but no, it, it was Ninja out. Mac. It was Ninja Mac and Brian Cage. That's right. Um, yeah. Which I'm fine with Brian Cage and ROH. I don't really get the faction though. I don't. I don't really understand that because it it almost looks like it has like. Um, Samoan heritage, possibly with with um, Toy Blanchard. Yeah. I, I just don't know. It didn't seem like that great. I also didn't love the fact that they were using Ninja Mac basically in a squash match to put over Brian Cage. Um, but it was cool to see Ninja Mac there to you know be on ROH. I thought that was cool. Um, and when then he wrestled the, like two more times, like that night. <laughs> like, they all did. Yeah, like, I know. Like, so he left and went to Impact to have an <laughs> Ultimate X match after that. Um, but yeah, it was just like a constant, you know, and they're out till midnight or whatever. Like, it was funny too. Like, Cardona would have a match downstairs for that Zicky Dice show, and then he went back upstairs with his shirt off and like was like it's sitting in his booth, like just that fresh off of a match, like. They're all awesome. hustling, right? That's awesome. Um, but uh, so so I, then it was the women's match, which was fine, whatever. Um, um that was the match where Willow, Mercedes like, and Willow, yeah, but but Willow like landed on Mercedes at the end, like her legs like went right into her. Like, uh, did you could you see that live? Like, wow, uh, she that looked was? hurt. She looked hurt, yeah. but they didn't show a replay or anything. And then AQA looked like she hurt the girl too in her her move, which I think is the second time she's hurt somebody since she's been with Tony. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I was at shooting Star Press. Like it looks impressive in the air, but like she comes down, like it does. Yeah, it doesn't look uh, good on the opponent. The the other match that you were kind of talking about too was uh, Tolly Blanchard revealed that Toliona and Khan uh, are the new tag team for him and i was hoping i was hoping it was going to be the work horseman like because that would have been such a good fit for totally yeah. like having jd and, drake and anthony henry there like and they were in town too i saw yeah. wrestle the, the next day and i saw they're doing another AEW match soon as a tag team so like it's maybe so but anyway um but yeah so no I, but yeah so up to that point the matches were still they were still uh oh you missed uh jay lethal and lee moriarty Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. That was good. And it started to set up, you know, it set up the heel turn of, of Lethal, which I liked. I liked that he kicked out the crush of Matt Seidel. Um, it, it worked. I, I, I enjoy heel Lethal. Uh, I thought it was good. And it set up for later on tonight, that night. But, um, man, 
FTR and Briscoes. So like, like I was saying, I was talking about the crowd and it, it filled up pretty good. And I noticed that they were pretty lively. Dude, like when FTR and the Briscoes happened, it was like everyone got an energy drink or something. Like it was so like the hype of that match. Those guys hadn't even touched and that place was electric, like electric. I I don't know if I've ever been involved with a crowd that had that much energy through the entire match. I mean, like top guys, dim boys, top guys, dim boys, like just constant. And then it was like, let's go Briscoes, FTR, let's go Briscoes. Like nobody, like the people were there for that match, man. And just the spots that they did and the, the, the intensity, the blood, just uh, like when you have a match with that much buildup and if, and for it to go out there and deliver the way that it did, Man, it was uh, it was special. It was really special. It was definitely my match of the weekend. Like I, I couldn't tell you anything that I saw that was better than that. But it was, uh, it was really good. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I did the review for Fightful right after ROH with uh, with Joel, and that was a match that like I kept going. I kept saying that was definitely my match of the night, and then. The main event I thought was really, really good too, which we'll get to. Yeah. Uh, Bandito yeah. and Gresham. But it was a little overbooked, which we'll talk about as well. But, uh, right. but yeah, that FTR and Briscoe's match was like, I don't like having recency bias on stuff, but like right now it feels like it was one of the best tag matches I've like ever seen. Like that was yeah. so good. Um, I mean, even Carrie Silkin said that that was like, He's seen 50, he's watched matches for 50 years and he thinks that was like the best tag team match he's ever seen. So, yeah, it was, it was incredible. I just felt so lucky to be there. And like I told Bill, I was like, dude, if I could just like bottle this crowd energy and like put it up in a bottle and open it whenever I need a hit, like that, it was amazing. I, I couldn't tell you how great I thought that match was. I'm looking forward to watching it back on TV, but I, I don't know how it came across on TV. But man, live it was phenomenal. It was so good. Um, it's one of the best matches I've ever been to live. Yeah, the crowd added so much to it. Like it really, it came off awesome on TV. Like cool. Yeah, it, cool. it is the match that I think most people would probably like if. If you asked like every fan that watched like a whole bunch of wrestling over this past week to write yeah. down their three top matches, probably everyone would have that somewhere in their top three, if not at number one. Like, I think it was right. the best match of the weekend. Like, I, I you know, I, I obviously have very emotional ties to the Cody Rhodes Seth Rollins match, but like, as far as like an actual match, that was, I think that was the best match of the weekend. Also, FTR and Briscoes. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, it was awesome. I loved it. Um, and then the Bucks came out, which was really cool. And one thing I'll say also is just noticing, like I've been to Ring of Honor shows before, right? And the lighting, the production, like was so much better than any Ring of Honor show I'd ever been to. Like you could tell that Tony Khan is it's it's his, in his hands now. You know what I mean? Um, so. That was really good. Um, and then Wheeler Yuta also uh, won the pure title, which I thought was good. 
But it was pretty obvious that Tony really wanted to get rid of all the champions. Suzuki beating Rhett Titus. Pretty um, much squashed him. Yeah, which I expected for the most sure. part. I didn't I didn't think he'd win. I didn't know if he'd win, though. Like, I don't know how apparently they plan on booking him more often. I could also see him being, like, the last ROH TV champion, potentially. Because, like, they don't right. really need that belt, considering all the other they, titles they, they have. They the pure title for, the, like, the the wrestling title, I guess you would say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a uh, really good, and uh, the main event I thought was really good at first. Like the crowd was kind of not as into it, but then it really started to build, and people got into it. Not sure I love the whole Chavo Guerrero stuff. Um, it was okay. Um, because it, it did make, it did make Bandito look like an honorable champion. Like he wanted to win it the right way. And he kept telling Chavo, no, 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 I don't want to do that. You know? So I thought story-wise it made him look like the, the honorable champion. Um, and then of course, you know, Gresham wins and then you have Jay Lethal and Sanjay going for the attack. And then man, when Joe's music hit, like what a pop. What a pop. But it was funny, too, because nobody, when that music hit, that wasn't like, oh, that's for sure, Joe. Like, we, right. could, we were like, okay, all I saw was fire. So I saw, like, fire, and then I heard the music. But, I, I, you know, it could be whoever they want to. They repackage them or whatever it might be, right? Man, when Joe came out, that place went nuts, which was awesome. So, I mean, like, you know, you get the FTR match. You get Joe coming out, like crazy um and then after it was over you know joe cut like a little promo and tony does this like tony came out and during the pre-show like at the very end just like to make sure that everyone does not leave early he's like if you leave early you will absolutely regret it do not leave early he's like i know there's other shows in town do not leave early um and then after it was over he celebrates with Joe and I took multiple pictures. I posted them and everybody, Jake, like took, stole my pictures and posted them all over Twitter. Like it was their own, but whatever. Um, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Like websites, everything. I'm like, dude, that's my picture. But anyways, um, I mean, he was marking out like he, he was so excited. Tony just like, yeah. you know, like they won the Super Bowl because he knew how important that show was and he really appreciated the crowd he's like you guys did this you guys made this you know like it, it was it's really it's really a lot like paul Heyman and ecw like tony is our tribal leader right when he comes we listen and whatever he says we do and we cheer and like it's very much like that and you're always thanking him after the end of the show and he just like kind of takes it all in. It's uh, it, it's very much like that. Like he owns the crowd because people are so grateful to him for what he's done for professional wrestling. Um, but yeah, it was an awesome show. Like I was so glad I, I paid twenty five dollars for those tickets. Oh, yeah. Twenty five dollars well, for those tickets. Well worth it. Yeah, so worth it. Some of that stuff too, like the Chavo stuff during the main event, like that, it didn't make any sense for Chavo and Bandito to even be 
like aligned to begin with. Like they have yeah. no prior history, no like there's there was no reason at all. But I think it protected Bandito a little bit because there's at least like that out a little bit of like Chavo like threw him off. So like him and you could sell a rematch between Gresham and Bandito with like no BS attached to it with like you know anything from the outside. Because I thought the match itself was really good. But yeah, then the Samoa Joe thing. And now they're teasing like Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal, which is like mentor versus like student versus teacher from like, I mean, that's, this is, this is long-term storytelling to the max. I mean, we're about to be getting stories right now in current day Ring of Honor that started like 15, 20 years ago. This is crazy. Or could be current in uh, AEW as well. Because right. Joe is supposed to be on AEW. It sounds like Jonathan Grisham might defend his title at AEW. Like, they're really a mixed bag. Um, I think you'll see a lot of AEW guys go to Ring of Honor and vice versa. I personally think Tony has no clue exactly what he's doing with Ring of Honor right now. I think that that show was a test. Does this work? If this show doesn't work, then we might shut down shop. But apparently it's done pretty well in buy rate compared to what they used to do. And the crowd was into it, you know, it sold tickets. Everybody's raving about the match that happened between FTR and the Briscoes. Um, people like the champion. So, I mean, I think there's hope, but I don't necessarily know all what he plans on doing with it, you know, because I listened to his post presser or whatever. And like Righteous Reg, like reminded him that like Supercard of Honor is a WrestleMania tradition. And yes, I know you don't want any part of WrestleMania weekend, but is this really the last super card of honor? And it like hit him where it was like, you know, I don't like this weekend, but like he's, you're kind of right. Like this is a ring of honor tradition and you know, it's not an AEW tradition, but it is a ring of honor tradition. So maybe we still might end up running ring of honor during WrestleMania weekend. Um, I personally think they need to do this for AEW pay-per-view weekend. I think a Ring of Honor show needs to be every AEW pay-per-view weekend. And he's like, well, I don't know what the fan fest and all that stuff. Like, do both. Do a Ring of Honor day, do an R, do a, a AEW day, AEW fan fest, and then do a show. ROH fan fest and do a show. Like, I think that the people would love that. Um, and it just gives you more. The more that you can add to a weekend for people, the the better the experience the more variety they get like it's just a it's just a really cool thing to do so hopefully he'll consider that is that like if you're going to go to an AEW pay-per-view you will also be able to go to an ROH pay-per-view and uh and then you know even there's a little healthy competition it's very much like NXT right like NXT would have their show and then WWE would have their pay-per-view i think that, that that's the way they should look at it yeah i agree yeah, they, they should really, like, you could even do, uh, you could do so much stuff even with meet and greets and whatnot, where it's just all of them together and you just brand, like, part of it, Ring of Honor, part of it, AEW, everyone knows, like, it's all, you know what I mean? You're just right. going there to meet your favorite wrestlers. You don't really care what they're saying they're right. from, because, like, you get to meet them, you know? But, yeah, yeah. Um, it's you, you put Wheeler Yuta on AEW day or ROH day, it doesn't matter. People are going to want to meet them regardless, so. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think uh, I do think though that um, it's going to be interesting how they use Ring of Honor from here on out. You know, 
Um, yeah, I think it was really telling, though, like with the direction they're going in with who they had winning the matches for Ring of Honor it was uh, like it was like, OK, this is really like it's a new direction they're heading in. It felt it felt like Supercard of Honor was for sure like them closing the door on like what Ring of Honor was. But there's yep. still like the current Ring of Honor product is still tied to that. And I think the in-ring product is still going to be like super high level in ring product. But now it's been infused with like clearly the influence of somebody new, which is obviously Tony Khan and and the people that he wants and trusts and wants to put in those spots is like that's what it's going to shift to going forward, which makes sense because he runs the company now. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's I, I don't know if you'll see Shane Taylor promotions there anymore or, you know, see Kenny King or see the kingdom or whatever like i it just seems like it's kind of his new direction on what he wants to do and i have a feeling a lot of aw people will be involved in that so you know it is what it is um when it makes sense for a guy like brian cage too like that's like you know those those guys are kind of lost in the mix in aw but can still perform at a really high level like they have somewhere else to do that now which i think is great yep i agree um so yeah, that was that was Friday. Knock that out, and then you know you wake up Saturday morning and well, you're hold like, on real quick before Saturday yeah, morning. There was you didn't I know you didn't attend, but there was no, a GCW show no. at night. Um, and I just want to give a shout out to Sean Rossap. My yeah, he got dumped on his head by Denise. <laughs> but yeah, and shout out to Denise Salcedo as well, of course. I was laughing hysterically. It was like three in the morning, uh, yeah. like my time. It was like three. It was like three Eastern, and I was in my. I was just laughing hysterically at that. But yeah, the cluster frick. Um, yeah, they had a. He can't yeah. be mad that Denise eliminated him because otherwise it's him and Josh Barnett going toe to toe, and I don't think that would go well. Yeah, I know that. Though I love the way that whole thing played out. That was so funny. Um, but yeah, how was so, Suzuki and Effie? It was good. It was. It was kind of yeah. what you would expect it to be. But it's kind of like Suzuki, all of his mat. It's not, well, it is somewhat of a formula to it, kind of, at least in like the States. It feels like, it feels like he kind of, he doesn't have really long matches and he does like all the stuff you kind of expect him to do and wins. Like, you know, it's just, I'm not saying there's anything bad about that. It's just that's the, the match the two of them had with him winning is probably exactly what, how you would think it would go. Um, yeah. Um, but I, I'm trying to remember what else was on that show cardona and Dick- dickinson, dickinson that was good dickinson okay um he might be up next for the title like i, I think like if, if it's was not the gonna cluster be AJ, F, was the cluster of the main event oh yeah and it was like yeah. th- that match itself was like two hours long or something it was so oh long God. it was awesome no there were no so way. many good people that were in it like buff bagwell was in it. he came out to the american males theme song it was sick Really? Oh uh, yeah, wow. he was doing the class. I saw him. I saw him walking around with a cane at WrestleCon. Like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how he'd do that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, there was a whole bunch of uh, there's a there's a new a newcomer to GCW called Early Morning Guy Steel, and I'll just let you uh make your own uh thoughts about. I can imagine. I can't. It, it's undescribable, but it's incredible. Um. I wonder is, is any did anyone in the chat see early morning guy steal? Like, does anyone know what I'm talking about right now? Um, trying to think of other cluster F uh, highlights. 
the winners were the SGC, like just the Matthew Justice Manswarner and AJ Greatest. They collectively won it together by at the end of, of it. Yeah, um, yeah. There was a lot of there was a lot of things that happened during it. Uh, Jimmy Lloyd shared Cheetos with Joey Janelle at one point. I thought that was that was a big pop for me. Like they were eating Cheetos out of the same bag, you know, walking around the ring I'm, during it. I am, I am absolutely devastated. I missed this show. Let me tell okay, you. hold on. This, all right, Tyler. Yeah, he's the go. See, early morning guy steal is going to be the next, uh, the next. Um, Orange like, Cassidy. Yeah, actually, that's a really good comparison. Um, okay. I, cool. I cannot even begin to explain this guy. I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. You need I'll to. I'll check it out. Everybody needs oh, to. Of course. I mean, everybody. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I missed that show. Whatever. I don't care. Um. And then, uh, so, so the next morning I woke up, WrestleCon again, right? And um, at this point, I, I got my way to Dallas pretty well. Like, uh, I was about, mm, I was about like six miles from the actual like hotel of WrestleCon, but with traffic and stuff, it can be like 20 minutes, but it wasn't too bad in the morning. Cause it was Saturday morning. Um, and, uh, like I said, my main goal was to meet Jeff Hardy and all through WrestleCon, they had the Jeff Hardy sign on the door of where he was going to be. So I knew exactly where to line up. And, uh, I went in there and I got to, I got to be like, maybe, I was probably maybe like 10th in line and thank God, dude, because that line was wrapped around the freaking like all the way downstairs to the escalators. Like it was ridiculous. Um, but I got to meet Jeff. I got to talk to him for a little bit. I told him, you know, how happy I was that he was in AEW. I also said that he has to have a match with him and Darby. I asked if, if you know, cause everyone says that him and Darby are so similar. And he was like, man, Darby's much more of a stunt man than I am. I'm like, okay, fair point there. But I told him, like, if you guys do anything cinematic, you know, even if it's just like the intro to hype of your match, like, you know, you're your color and he's all like black and white and like how that merges and whatever you guys do with your creativity. And I could see his eyes light up and he's like, hell yeah, man, you know, like shook my hand. Super cool guy. And uh, I got my picture with him. So that was a big one to cross off. Um and then I went and uh, I went by the impact table again and Rick Swan was there and um, I'm a big fan of Rick Swan. I think he's way underrated. I think he's really good. And uh, I got to meet Rick Swan and um, I have a picture with EC3 that is super blurry from when I met him in TNA and uh, it really bothers me. So I went ahead and got my picture taken with EC3, got that perfectly cleared up now then i went and met fuego and while i was walking around i saw chris van fleet i went and talked to him for a little bit got my picture with him and then i went and found out that william regal was by the um, ad free shows which had jeff jarrett and eric bischoff in that same section so i went to go and meet william regal while i was waiting in line for william regal simon of what culture was walking around so i got my picture taken with simon and uh he's a super nice guy love his accent it's very cool um then i met william regal thanked him for everything he's done for the business nice guy same almost same height like i could look eye to eye with regal 
Um, so I got Regal done. And then I uh, I went downstairs because the USA versus the world show was happening. And it was Rachel Earling versus somebody else that I don't know. And I didn't really care. But my main thing was I wanted to be there for Davey Richards versus Mike Speedball Bailey. And uh, I, I made it to that match. Uh, really good match. Really enjoyed it. That was the first time I'd ever seen Mike Bailey wrestle. So I was super impressed by oh, him. Oh, like ever? Like not just live? Like No, live. I've seen oh, him. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, no. like I know like, I've seen him on here. Yeah. I've seen a PWG, Ninja Max match just recently. Right. Um, so he's been on Impact recently. So, no, I've seen him, but I've never seen him live. So that was super cool. Plus, I mean, Davey, if anybody's watching Davey right now, he has not missed a step at all. He looks exactly the same as, like, ROH Davey. So him and uh, Mike Bailey tore it up. So when that ended, I knew that Moose was upstairs. So I went to go upstairs to go get Moose. I got Moose done. And, oh, and by the way, when I was heading upstairs, I see a little table set up with maybe like three people in line. And I look over and it's Mike Bailey. And I was like, oh, wow, I get to meet Mike Bailey. This is awesome. So I go up to Mike Bailey and I ask like how much for a photo op with him, right? And he's like, $5. And I was like, $5? And he looked at me like I like I'm cra- like I was trying to act like I was too much money. And I was like, no, no, like five's fine. Like, here you go. Like, that's as cheap as I've met anybody here like you know um so i got i got that one done and then uh i like i said i got moose and then did i say that i got fuego i also got fuego done so so yeah that was basically my time at wrestlecon i went back downstairs um i got to catch most of the uh anthony hendry uh jd drake versus bandito and it's another luchador i can't think off the top of my head and then it was Calvin Tankman versus Big Damo. And then um, the main event. Oh, and also they had uh, the Luchas, um, which was like Gringo Loco and Aries and um, Aramis and uh, Flip. I got to see Flip Gordon again, which was sweet. Um, and then the main event was Rick Swan versus Michael Oku, which was freaking awesome. Freaking awesome. Michael Oku is super good. And the reason I even know who he is is because he just recently wrestled Will Ospreay in RPW in England. So I was like super excited to see him. He won, he uh, F- he won, his, he won his match for the culture, by the way, Oku. Like, I okay, cool. On that show too, yeah. Yeah, and he 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 beat Rick Swan and he won the USA versus the world. He won for the world because it was tied. So he beat Rick Swan. And then he cut like this really emotional promo about like how he's he was a poor black kid and nobody knew who he was and nobody knew his name in wrestling. And like Rick Swan was a guy like in 2017 when he started that like everyone looked up to and, and the fact that like he got to wrestle him and it like, it meant so much. And he, he's told how much it meant to him and Rick Swan got emotional and he was crying and then they hugged in the ring. It was a super cool moment. And then he goes down down off the ring and heads up the ramp and like there's not a lot of people around so i went literally around up the ramp and i asked to get a selfie with him and he said yes so i got a selfie with him so that was my wrestlecon experience after that oh and then i was heading out the door and i saw ricky shane page and i just looked at him and he was like what's up man i was like can i get a picture with you quick he's like yeah sure so then i got a quick picture of ricky shane page and then i bounced so overall i met like 25 wrestlers 
So it was a super cool experience. Um, and then what's crazy is then you have WrestleMania that night. So I'm leaving and then, uh, yeah, we're off to WrestleMania. So it gets WrestleMania and dude, like normally I park really far away from the stadium and I pay 20 bucks, but like, I mean, just semi far from the stadium was 60 and then it was like 40 and the lowest we could find was 30, like the lowest. And that was just a park at like a wing stop, like literally every business on that strip does not do business like parking. So Arby's, Taco Bell, any like grocery store, whatever, they all give up their parking spots to use parking for events. So then you just have to pay like 60 or 40 or whatever. So <clears throat> we, we paid 30, walked up there. Um, and then I went to my section and uh, it was, you know, it's one of those things where like, I don't care how much you hate the WWE or whatever. Like, it's just awe-inspiring when you see that big, um, that big of like a, just, just such a huge event. It's such a huge event. And there's so many people there and like people can, Oh, I didn't even talk. That, that's Sunday. Okay. never mind. So people can talk about like whatever they want about the WWE, but like when you literally see, 70,000 people like run into that place with all their WWE merch and everything. It's just like, you know, they're doing all right. <laughs> like no matter what, what you think of the ratings or whatever, like they're in good shape and they have their audience trained for the most part. Like these people will pop for a crossbody. I mean, like the simplest things that in an AEW ring, you really have to earn the respect from these fans WWE, man, you don't have to give them a lot for them to really be to leave satisfied. Like, that's no, just the way that they're trained. I mean, on Monday on Raw uh, last night, they were chanting, We are losers and we are sheep. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but see, I don't, you know? I don't really, I don't really think that that's, that's them. <laughs> I think that's more so like the smart mark AEW fan making fun of them because, like, I, there's still a lot of people that don't understand pro wrestling. They just get WWE and you can right. tell like they're completely out of the bubble. You'll mention like, oh, yeah, I met this person or this person. And they're like. But yeah. if I told them, you know, I met Liv Morgan in the Usos, they'd be like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? So like they they're completely out of the bubble. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, it is what it is. But. Uh, it, it was. It was something that got me excited. I had to listen to this dumbass DJ for like almost two hours who just, who's here for Stone Cold Steve Austin? Ah, who's here for that? You know, and it's just like, because there was no pre-show. There was absolutely no pre-show and we saw nothing, like nothing up there. Like, you know, people are like, oh, they're interviewing Jake Paul right now. Like, I didn't see anything. Like, I'm literally just <laughs> sitting here listening to this stupid DJ. And he goes all the way till 6.45. And then they'll bring out something and then they'll actually show like a video package or, you know, I think uh, Titus came out and like gave uh, people like the, their props for their five charities that they do, you know, Boy and Girl Network or whatever it is. So like, you're just like, dude, let's just go. My back is starting to hurt. I'm sitting <laughs> in this uncomfortable chair for two hours. I'm ready for this thing to start. Um. 
so it starts and mind you i'm not i don't have a lot of expectations for tonight oh and and by the way like i mean there's bitter there is scorned i mean bill is at a whole different level of upset with cody i mean it is like and you know he's just like I just don't I just don't you know I I don't I don't see how he does this to us tonight man like like yeah. personal, right and then he's just like you know I just I can't support if he comes out I'm not popping I won't pop I'm not doing it I'm just not doing it like I'm not going to support that you know like it, it just you know I just I'm not cool with that you know and then he would go on and on about how what he said and all this stuff and I'm just like Bill it's fine. If he comes out tonight, it's fine. It'll be fine. You know, he's just like, yeah, man, you know, I just don't know. Right. So I'm like, oh man, he's upset. And, uh, so anyways, the show starts, we don't have a lot of expectations. You know, he's already like in bill two is like, you know, like dude, Austin's going to get in there and we're going to get some dumb raw segment KO show crap. And like, and then we're going home. Like, this is, this is a waste of time. Like, I don't even know why we got tickets. I've spent all this money on parking and you know, the whole nine. Right. So we're, I'm, I'm at the show and mind you, I'm not sitting with Bill. So I'm by myself and in my section, I'm kind of surrounded by some stupid people, but whatever. And, uh, we're texting each other throughout the show while it's going on. But, um, uh the the opening match was like okay right it was like this the usos but boobs got hurt or whatever so that sucked for him but you know you get the nakamura entrance you're feeling it a little bit like okay yeah wrestlemania all right um and then uh you know unfortunately boobs got hurt so that happened usos won in a pretty easy match and then god what was next mcintyre and corbin yeah, so then I'm like, yeah, let's get this thing over with. McIntyre had a cool entrance, right? But, like, I just don't care at all about Baron Corbin. And then McIntyre kicked out of Corbin's entrance, and it was or his uh, finisher, and uh, he won. And then he, he cut the freaking ring ropes, and they had to, like, rebuild that thing. I'm like, why even go through all that? But whatever. So that happened, and... Um, uh, what was after that? The, the Miz and Logan Paul over the Mysterios, and then Miz so turning was, on was, Logan. That was actually pretty good. That was actually pretty good. And like, man, Logan Paul's like good at everything. Like uh, the Paul brothers are—they're athletic, so it's not going to be a really hard to teach them how to wrestle if they're athletic. Like they—they they get it. And man, the heel heat he got, woo, in that building for doing the three amigos and then the Eddie sh- shimmy up on the top rope. Like, man. Pretty um, decent frog splash, by the way. I know he was practicing yeah. it, but like, it, and I, you see a lot of people look bad on frog splashes for a variety of reasons, whether it's like what they're doing in the air or like landing on their feet too early or something like that. Right. He, he looked like he hit a pretty legit frog splash. Like yeah. him, him, and, him and the Miz one-on-one, I don't know when it happens, maybe SummerSlam or something. Like, I, you know, but like that will actually probably be pretty good. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Is like, it's probably going to be missing him. It's funny too, because the guys in the crowd's like, you know, because this is the thing too with WWE people. God bless them. But like, they think they're smart, but they still don't get it because they don't understand the full picture of things. So he's like, oh, oh, Miz is turning face. 
No, no, that was a dirty move by Miz. Miz is staying heel, and Logan we thought him Paul turning on face. Logan Paul was him turning makes face. Him face. Oh my god! And I was the complete like, opposite. Yeah, and he and he's like so confident, he's shouting it out like, "Oh, Miz is turning face. He's turning face." Like, uh-huh. my god, no. Um, but no, I thought that was actually pretty good. Pretty good match. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm all for the celebrities if they're actually athletic and they can go, right? Sure. Um, so then, uh, what was after that? After that was Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. I thought that was a good match. Very good. Yeah. Very good match. Very good match. And that's when I started to kind of think like, oh, we might have a good WrestleMania here because that women's match delivered. The Logan Paul stuff was good. So then I was starting to think like, okay, we might have a good WrestleMania here. Um, and then, and then was it Seth after that? Yeah. Okay. So Seth comes out and uh, he really like, they really drag this thing on of who it is. And like the, the anticipation, you know, Bill texts me, he's like, here we go. I'm like, I know, man, like, here we go. Um, and like when it went dark and <laughs> again wwe fans it gets dark and the spotlight comes down and then the the uh, pyro goes up the ramp people are like oh my god and i'm like no it's cody you know cody <laughs> cody, cody. <laughs> and and, and, and he's like, Cody's an AEW. I'm like, just watch, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, and then, um, you know, wrestling only has one royal family or whatever. And boom, like, you're like, wow, it is Cody. And it was all American nightmare stuff. And the way that my seat was is I can't see because I'm on the side. So I can see if they walk forward a little bit, but the crowd is popping before I can see them. And then I hear the crowd pop and there's Cody and it's like full American nightmare straight out of AEW, right? Like the legit straight out of AEW version of Cody Rhodes going in to face Seth Rollins. And um, I just had a mixed reaction, man. Like I, I was bummed that it that it confirmed that he was leaving, but I was also so happy for him that like he he did it his way and they they accepted him. You know, like my biggest thing was is when he was in AEW, there were people that were chanting F you Cody. And there were a lot of people that like were not have ha- having it with him and they were done with him. And like I was worried that he was going to go to the WWE and he was going to get somewhat of that same reaction. But man, he got a huge ovation. People were so happy to have him. And uh, I was just happy for him, you know, because at the end of the day, like we have been on this journey with Cody for a very long time. Like Bill and I, like I was at the WrestleMania, his last WrestleMania where he was in that ladder match of Stardust. And I was at, Cody versus Kenny, you know what I mean? At Super Card of Honor. And I was at Cody versus Dustin at AEW Double or Nothing. And then to see 
Cody and Seth Rollins at WrestleMania and to be there for that as well. It's like, there's just a certain attachment to certain guys that you have. And, uh, overall I was just happy for him. And, uh, I thought the match was really good. Um, I thought this is, this is the way that I view what Cody's outlook future will be in the WWE is I personally don't think Cody really cares what the direction is of the WWE. I think Cody cares about Cody. I think Cody is trying to make sure that he's authentic, that he doesn't have to really worry about the writers, that he doesn't have to really worry about being in terrible storylines. It's just worrying about himself. He's not worried about the whole company. And, you know, if you listen to the interviews of Cody, I think it's pretty clear why he left. And I think also the thing that was always left that we didn't know, Cody wanted to go back. He wanted to go back. And people can can say like, you know, oh, he trashed the WWE, did this and this. I personally think he did that because he had this deep feeling of unfinished business with them. And so he tried to make himself feel better by trashing the WWE, by, you know, destroying the throne of Triple H. But like at the end of the day, his ultimate goal was to go back. And I think another thing was, is, you know, the rumors were he was upset that he wasn't going to be an EVP anymore. I think Cody didn't want to be an EVP. I think Cody wanted to be a professional wrestler. And I think the problem with AEW is, is even if he wasn't EVP, he's still an EVP because he started that company. It was the four of them. And no matter what, he is viewed that way. He can't just be a professional wrestler in AEW. It's not, he, he was, he was the vocal leader of that company and he just can't be a guy that just shows up, wrestles and goes home. Like he, he was, he was bigger than that. But I also feel that Cody outside of the WWE without the elite is not the same. What got him to the dance was the elite. And when he separated from the elite outside of the WWE, if he's not going to be like the champion, I just don't know if there's a huge fit for him in AEW, you know, because there were so many other guys. And to me, like the way that Cody viewed himself is the top guy. And he's not going to be that in AEW. He's just not. Whether he didn't want to turn heel or, you know, he made that terrible deal to make the fans happy that he wouldn't go for uh, the championship, which he clearly wants to be the champion. Um, I just think that, that those things, all those things added up. And he's also said, I'm not a gatekeeper either. I'm not here to face the new guy every single time they show up to get them ready for the next thing. So, I think he was frustrated with the way he was booked. He even said that that's not the way that he was booked the first year in the company. Um, and I think that the more that you get the Brian Danielsons, the CM Punks and all that stuff, that the more that Cody Rhodes wasn't necessarily needed in AEW anymore. Would I have liked him to stay? Absolutely. But I understand his decision. And it really hit me when I was at the Superstore and I'm looking at for Cody's new shirt and there's just this big giant dusty statue and then all of dusty shirts and Cody shirts. And it's like, 
That's a huge part of this too. They own his father's legacy. And if Cody can become a bigger star, his father becomes a bigger star. And he also has executive producer rights to the Dusty Rhodes A&E documentary. And I also think that he thought he burned a bridge with the WWE. And when he found out that they would be willing to take him back and take him back as Cody Rhodes, the nightmare factory, the nightmare, the American nightmare. I, I think it was just something he couldn't pass up. Yeah. I mean, that's, he apparently has like the most complex contract that they've like ever put together too, because I was saying a lot of this from kind of the beginning of like, if Cody goes back type stuff. And I was saying this whole time, I was like, he's not going to go back and just get blindsided. There's going to be things nope. he's going to want that he's going to get, or he has no, like he could say an AW forever where he can go do nope. whatever he wants. So if nope. he's going back to WWE, like he's going to do it under like, like the pretext or whatever of like knowing kind of what level he's going to be at with the company, knowing what Vince wants to do with him. And that's the other thing too. He's not scared of, to be there now. Like, and what's the worst that can happen? Yep. He gets fired. Big deal. Look what happened the last time he left. He went and created their competition. Like he he's, he can do whatever he wants. So like if, yep. if they're giving him dumb stories or dumb things to say, and he just wants to say whatever he wants to on a microphone, you know, if they fire him, they fire him. But I think that's the way he's looking at it is like, this is his chance to just be a legitimate star in the WWE. And the main thing I was saying for months was, and there was people that heard me say this and actually thought that I was being too much of a mark for having this view of thinking a wrestler would be this much of a mark for this. I know that sounds confusing, but yeah. basically I was saying this whole time, if Cody goes back, the story is him being the first Rhodes to win that championship in the WWE, like being yeah. the world champion of the WWE, but his dad was never able to attain. And I even went as far as to say that he wants to bring it to Dusty's grave and show him that he did it. And the main thing that he's talking about in these promos since coming back is Dusty held the title, but he never won it. I always wanted to yep. hand him the title belt. And now I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this for him. And yeah, I mean, we're, uh, I'm, I'm very, here's the thing. I watched raw. I thought pretty much everything outside of the Cody stuff was still really, really bad. But yep. the Cody stuff is interesting. And I think yep. that Cody and Roman is going to happen sooner than later. And I think there's a damn good chance Cody beats Roman because they're what they did here. It's been a long, long time since the WWE took somebody and without like putting them through NXT, AJ Styles is really the only kind of example like this where they took Cody as, as he was and just put him into WWE with what was working for him outside of the WWE. And AJ, it took a second where he had like the Jericho feud and the Roman feud. But then like he became a consistently, you know, kind of top of the card guy. And he has been really ever since for the WWE for the most part. Cody's coming in, immediately beating Seth Rollins, immediately beating Kevin Owens in the dark match, you know, after Raw last night. That should have been on the show, by the way. It would have made the show way better. Um, yeah. And so like he's being brought over and brought over in a position of like, like we went and we got a star like Cody Rhodes is a star. We're bringing in a yep. star. 
And yep. now he he's on a different level than pretty much everyone else, except for maybe Roman is, is like the, yep. is how it's perceived. And the way they're explaining it on commentary is very smart too. Cause they keep talking about how this is a different Cody Rhodes than the last time you saw him because yep. he's left and he's done all this other stuff and he's wrestled all over the world and he's formed a new style and he has kind of a different look. And this is like a whole new guy. And he's an, he, this guy is a superstar. Like, yep. you know, so I think, you know, I think I honestly think he has the best chance of anyone to beat Roman Reigns because I can't see anybody else being in that league right now. And Cody, like I said, it's very good sign when you come in and you're treated the way Cody has been treated the last couple of days or the, this last week or whatever by the WWE. It's it, you know, as somebody who's skeptical and who didn't want him to go to the WWE and wanted him to stay in AEW. Yeah. At the very least, I know, like at least right now, like Cody's. I mean. If his if his main goal in his career is to be the WWE champion at this point in his life, like I think he's gonna do it. And then it's a matter of what do they do after that and all that stuff. But like, yeah, all I can say this as a as a fan of his, it'll be my proudest moment ever as a wrestling fan if I get to see him win the WWE championship. Like that would be the the coolest thing I've ever seen as a wrestling fan. So like, especially I really want to see it. Roman. Yeah, especially because it would mean so much more if right. he was the one to beat Roman after all this. Like. And then you can create a, a, a little feud between the two where like you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it every week or whatever, but like you can have a best of three with those guys over the span of like, you know, a year or whatever. And like, right. you know, create real rivalries between real stars and then build some stars along the way while you're doing this. But it, it's a, it's also a humongous sign of confidence for these other people in AEW who Cody's already saying, like, yeah, I'm not going to name names, but like, yeah, I've talked to plenty of wrestlers over there who are asking me, like, if they think I'd be a good fit in the WWE. And I'll give them honest opinions. Some were, some would do well here, some wouldn't. Some are better off in AEW, some are better off in other places. But when a guy like MJF or a girl like Jade Cargill's contrast coming up and they see Cody over here as the world champion, they're going to be like, okay, Vince might. I think Vince sees the stars AEW is building. And he can say, okay, I can just go get those stars and like implant them as stars on my show better than building them through the NXT system. They might get a couple stars out of the, the NXT system currently, but like they're going to be able to get proven stars from AEW going forward if, if they're but, able to. But here's my thing. Do it. Bring it on. I'm all for the war. Let's yeah. switch this thing out. You take names, they take names. Let's go. I don't for sure. We don't need to hoard everybody. Like this thing is more fun when everybody gets going over different places, right? Like clearly Ricky Starks is close with Cody. I would not be surprised if Ricky Starks went to the WWE. I don't know if it'd be the best fit for him, but if AEW's not gonna use him, then maybe. Um, but I'll be I'll be honest, Steven. Like after that Cody match, I thought to myself, like. Dude, Cody's about to become John Cena. Yeah. Like, they don't have anybody that's even close to Cody as, like, a baby face that can really cut authentic promos, that has a great look, that you can sell so much merchandise with. Like, it, he's talking about it, wanting to be the guy like Cena to, like, do work every day and be out in front yeah, of the media. Like, like he wants to be that he's guy. Willing to do be. the work. And like, and that's the thing is like, you have goofy ass Seth Rollins, right? Going, <laughs> <laughs> and like, 
you know, just that's not Cody Lopez. Okay. That is not an authentic character at all. Cody Rhodes is Cody Rhodes. And I, and I don't think they have a lot of that in that company. And they went and they bought an authentic character to bring in. And if they use him right, I mean, man, like the sky's the limit for Cody. Because I'll tell you what, the next day, saw a lot of people wearing Cody Rhodes shirts. A lot of people wearing Cody Rhodes shirts. His <laughs> WrestleMania section was pretty empty. You know, like people are really into Cody. Um, I think it was the bump in ratings that they got. I just think that Cody is a huge part of what they're doing. And let's be honest, you take Cody out of that WrestleMania, this is not the same WrestleMania, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, I I don't think it could have gone any better for Cody, honestly. And I love the fact that they had Cody beat Seth. I mean, you can't have that type of entrance, that big reaction, and then have Cody lose. So it just really depends on now where they're going and what their plans are. Um, but like, I mean, Cody and Roman could be money, man. Like I'm, I'm all for it. So um, very, very interesting stuff. Um, we got some super chats I need to get into. Um, cool. I'm going to go with John first because he sent one that is like this. Um, appreciate it, John. Thank you for the super chat, man. Uh, based on that promo from Cody last night, you imagine the plan on putting the title on him at some point. Do you see Roman dropping it to Cody? Also, big fan from Bill and Doug from back in the day. Appreciate it, man. Um, I didn't at first. I really didn't. But I'm starting to think that it is actually a possibility. Um, and if it's not, like I don't know if you keep Cody – like if you can have that same momentum, like to me, Cody versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam sounds like a damn good idea. Roman Reigns versus SummerSlam, Roman Reigns and Cody for the title at SummerSlam would be the ideal situation in my opinion. Yeah. And even if Cody loses that, which I've obviously, I hope he wins if they do that. Um, it just, we, we got to let it play out in these kind of scenarios because like, that's a, like the buildup for that, if done right with like Paul Heyman talking for, you know, talking about Cody and like the competition and building competition against the WWE and like, you know, like Paul Heyman speaking about Cody on WWE TV, I think it'd be really interesting. What if, what if Paul Heyman's an historian, right? He's known Roman Reigns since he was a little kid, right? He's also known Cody Rhodes. What oh, if? Yeah. Cody would have to sell his soul or whatever, but it ends up getting him the title. And then Roman becomes the baby face because then I also think Roman can be a monster baby face. If Cody is a heel, cause I know Cody's a damn good heel. So um, I can see that being a possibility too, to where necessarily Cody did have to cheat to win, but he does win the title and beat Roman because of Paul Heyman. Yeah. That, That'd be pretty crazy. I mean, because, yeah, they have all those layers of this, too, with them being, like, uh, well, like second generation or however you want to call it. You know, they're, they're, they have multiple family members in the wrestling business. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that the buildup for that could be incredible, and the match would be awesome. Like, I know that that would be a great match. Um, yes, absolutely. So, yeah. And then, I, but like I said, I hope, I would hope Cody would win. 
personally, but, um, but there's so much there, right? Like Cody, like even, you know, Cena wants to do an offshoot one, like Cody and Cena is a huge match, you know, Cody and Orton, Cody and Kevin Owens. Like there's a lot of stuff that you could see that, I mean, Cody is good for their business. And as long as they treat it that way, they're going to be in good shape. And I'm okay with that. Like, like I said, I'm not really here to see WWE lose or get crushed. I'm here to see two competitive companies going head to head. And yeah. and that's the thing that was like pissing me off of these WrestleMania marks where they're just like, when WWE is at its best, they're untouchable. Like, no, they're just competitive. They've been getting killed. They've been terrible. So now all of a sudden that they try to bring it, then now we're now we're talking about like a back to back and forth battle here. This has been a one sided beatdown for a long time. So, um, and it's also about like like the production of WWE is insane, right? Like just the entrances and the all the the pyro and all that stuff, the video packages. But like, it's what what do you want? Because the best time I had was FTR versus the Briscoes, and that had no pyro. You know what I mean? They had no big um, electricity entrances and all that stuff. So it just depends on what you like as a wrestling fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also for the super chat, it just had to do with Cody and Roman just real quick. I think yeah. if I remember correctly because I, I know that Roman and Cody wrestled each other a bunch of times in those tag team matches when it was the shield versus Cody and Dustin. And I think Cody pinned Roman when they won the tag titles from them. And like, they yeah. could, they could run that on like, on like the build up to like, I've pinned you before. Like, and like, it was like a lifetime ago, but like I've pinned you before at the crossroads. So like, you know, just a little added, little added uh, element to it there. Another super chat here. I see on the screen. Yeah. So Appreciate the super chat, by the way. Um, if you were Tony Khan, what would you do with ROH? So for me, ROH would be my NXT and AEW would be like the WWE, right? But ROH would also incorporate more of the mainstream AEW roster at times. So kind of like how you see Dolph Ziggler and Braun Breaker, I kind of like. Like I thought that when NXT would bring in like a Cesaro or somebody like that, it always like helped their product, and it didn't always have to be just the young people. Um, so I would I would do that. I would do like a mixture of both. But I honestly I would be rating GCW talent. Like most of those guys aren't on contracts or anything. I would just start to pick who I want of those and and put them on like a Ring of Honor show. Yeah, I echo pretty much all of that. Um, we talked about that a little bit also kind of towards the top of the show, our like our thoughts on the future of Ring of Honor with Tony Khan. So if you missed it, we talked about it a little bit towards the beginning, but you know, I'd do the same thing. To have them piggyback off of off of AEW shows, do do sh- R-rate shows when AEW has shows going on, like the same weekend and stuff like that, and have the talent going back and forth you know, to, a, to an extent, but have kind of your main ROH people and kind of your main AEW people, but of course there's going to be some overlap there. So thank you for the super chat though. Alexander Fitzgerald, thank you for the super chat. If the rumors are true and they do Roman versus Rocket Mania next year, that match doesn't need the title. 
I can see Cody taking the belt soon. Um, yeah, I mean, the funny thing was, right, is the whole idea of reason why I thought Roman was going to um, lose to Brock was because he was going to have like a five-year title reign otherwise. And now I feel like Cody is an option to beat Roman. Um, I think the only issue that WWE might have is like Sammy Guevara beat Cody in his last match in AEW, right? So like, do you want Cody to come in there and beat a Roman Reigns? I know that sounds silly, but I know that they can be petty like that. So um, that would be my only thing. But I, I, I think that it's, it's the biggest box office match that, that they have. And I mean, if you have Cody as a champion too. There's so many fresh feuds, right? And if you can do rock or rock and Roman and Cody defending the title, I mean, like imagine if it's Cody and Cena and rock and Roman, like that's a huge WrestleMania. So I could see something like that. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a good problem to have if you're the WWE. Yeah, they're, they're they finally look like they have somebody, somebody that could potentially go toe to toe with Roman now with Cody. But I'm I'm with you and along with everybody else. Like the Rock and Roman, I'm assuming it'll be for the title if it goes down, but it doesn't necessarily it doesn't have to. Like there, it's a big enough match on its own. So, um, Dirty, appreciate the super chat. Could Braun Breaker be the guy to beat Roman Reigns? Um, I mean, I think, I think he could, but not anytime soon. I just think, I think Cody is just at a different level, right? He's just ready. He's confident too. He knows what, like, you know how kind of Roman is in that confident space. Like if you listen to him on evil and all that stuff where he's just like, you know, I know what I am now and I'm going to run the show and no one tells me what to do and blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel like Cody's kind of in that same spot. I really do. So I just think that it's, it's a great, it's a great matchup. I really think they should think about it. Um, but I don't think you should do that at like the WrestleMania backlash or whatever it's called now. Um, I think that, uh, I think it's a SummerSlam type moment, but Braun, I think is going to get called up soon. Um, I thought they were going to do like Braun and Gunther and Gunther would win the title Right, and then, or who who has the title now? Dolph Ziggler won, didn't he? Yeah, but Braun Breaker beat him for the title last night on Raw, and then I think Braun Breaker defended it against Gunther tonight. On NXT. Okay, and he won, right? And now his dad's locked up in a cage. Yeah, so it looks like it'll be Joe Gacy, and I actually Braun like Joe Breaker. Gacy. I think I think Joe Gacy is pretty pretty good, but he's basically doing OG Bray Wyatt like like backwards cold yeah. leader Bray Wyatt. It's pretty much the same exact gimmick, um, which I like. Right. I, I think it's a great gimmick. Um, <coughs> Harlan's basically Eric Rowan. Like it's, but, but yeah, um, that looks like that's, that's probably what's next. So I don't so know yeah, how long it'll be before Braun actually gets right. called up. Like, yeah, like, he has like, he only has like 30 matches in his entire life. So it's, he's still very much learning right now. So. Um, like Jade, he's he has like the same amount of matches as Jade Cargill, pretty much. They're pretty, they're pretty. I mean, Braun's a bit more impressive at this stage, but like that's that that's the level of inexperience we're talking about. He's had like the same amount of matches Jade Cargill has, you know, for whatever that's worth. 
John with another super chat, man. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, you guys see the Mattel figure panel. What figures caught your eyes? Also, did either of you back the new generation arena that they made? So I have a fun story about that. Um, I was at the Superstore. I'll go back to that story of, of me being the Superstore. But real quick, I was at the Superstore. I saw the panel. And then I saw Steve, who makes the figures. And I saw Rob, who makes the figures. And they were talking to Sam Roberts. So I waited patiently, right, until um, I could get a break. And then Steve noticed that I had been staying there for a little while. And he just said, introduced himself, whatever. And then I told him that I'm a huge fan of figures and all that stuff. And uh, I got my picture taken with both of them. And Sam Roberts took the photo. So it's pretty cool. Did you not get a picture with Sam also? I did not get a picture no. with Sam. And I, I, I thought about it. I thought about it, but I was like, no, I'm good. I don't. I, I already bothered him enough to ask to take the photo, so I thought it'd be kind of rude if I was like, let me get a picture with you two. That's but, funny. But yeah, Sam Roberts took the photo. Um, but man, the Ultimates look so sick. That Shawn Michaels Amazon exclusive looked amazing. Um, they had... Uh, they had some uh, the 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 raw is war setup with all the degeneration X guys looked really sweet and I did back the the uh, the uh, are, the whole ring with the um, ultimates and they had the diesel and the doink and the macho man and that ring and the whole setup it looked awesome I was basically just drooling man there were so <laughs> many cool figures and all set up and. It looked awesome. They had that Hogan NWO there. They had the they have the Ultimate Macho Man NWO coming as well. That's the one with the madness, like, right? The madness shirt. Yeah, it's both. It's both. They have the madness and the one of him in the cage. They oh, I didn't know they were making one. both. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, that's and then sick. they have another head sculpt with his tongue out. So like yeah. they have. Three head sculpts, one with the tongue out, but yeah, they got both. I might, I might get two of those. Oh, yeah, man, like I, that's my favorite. That's like the coolest. That's me peak like kid wrestling fan, Macho Man fan is like the Madness shirt and the him behind the bars or whatever shirt that you're talking. Like, oh my god, that's so awesome. Anyways, yeah, yeah. What, what 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 other uh. I saw I saw a ton of stuff. Like I think Kyle Peterson or somebody. It was, it was probably Kyle. So by the way, I asked. I asked. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Do you guys watch the YouTube people?" And then I was like, "Do you guys watch Kyle Peterson? Do you watch my damn toys?" And Steve said, "Yeah, we do." It's like we we definitely uh, know who Kyle is, and we've done some stuff with my damn toys. So we always listen to feedback. And then we talked about the AEW figures because I was like, "Look, your Ultimates are so good that they had to, to do the same thing with their Supremes." because I love these figures. And he's like, you know, thank you so much because like I'm a big part of the ultimate, you know, idea and what we did. And he's like, and, and by the way, he's like, there's no hate over there with the AEW guys. Like a lot of those guys, we've all worked in the same company together. Like we're all fans. We love, we love their figures too. It's like, like the wrestlers, like they all, they're all friends with each other. They just, right. Like only the fans, dogs. only yeah. the fans want to start fights. Yeah. Like all the other guys are like, no, this is fine. You know what I mean? So he's like, we're all fans. He's like, we all love this stuff. So he was super cool. Steve was awesome. So, um, but yeah, so uh, real quick, Chris Warren with the Super Chat. Thank you very much, Chris. Even guys, I just read that Supercard of Honor did 20,000 pay-per-view buys. Not a huge number in the grand scheme of things, but definitely a win for ROH. 
Well, according to what I read, though, like they they were doing like 800 and their last one did like 2100 buys. So to go from 2100 to 20,000, that's a pretty big increase. So that's that's a good sign for them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Chris, exactly. Like you said, like in the grand scheme of things, 20,000, not very impressive. But to go from 2000 to 20,000 is I mean, that's. And not only that, it wasn't like it was the only show on. There was right. a lot of competition on at that time. So it, it, it it's not like everyone was going to order it. I also think that $30 is a little steep for all the other shows that weren't, you know, they're like 14 bucks, 20 bucks. So $30 is, is, a, is a lot to ask when, you know, people are planning on getting five or six different shows for cheaper. So there's just a lot going on that weekend. Um so I'm not I'm not super bummed about that number, and I, I I feel like it's just the start. I mean, but like if you okay, so for example, if you're trying to sell ROH pay per view, why wouldn't you just do like Punk versus Joe Four as a main event? Right. You know what I mean? Like have Gresham defend the title and all that, but like your main event is Punk versus Joe Four at ROH. Like yeah. I promise you, that will sell more than twenty thousand. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. They they should do something like that because AEW's roster is so stacked. They're they're not going to be missing out on anything by because otherwise Joe versus Punk is on the same show as all these other. I mean Adam Cole and Brian Danielson and John right. Moxley and so right. on and so forth. Young Bucks, Kenny when he's back, he's so and so forth. So like AEW's already going to sell a lot of pay per view. Like like at this point, AEW pay per view sells itself. Like the, like the yeah. brand AEW, you know they have a pay per view. If you're a wrestling fan, you should tune in. Um, right. The reputation speaks for itself. So yeah, like I think you're totally right. Put something like Joe because, especially that match in particular, because obviously they have the history in Ring of Honor. So like you might as well do it in Ring of Honor because that's where their first three matches were were under that company's branding. So. Yeah, yeah, most people agree. Exactly. ROH. So yeah, I, I I'm with you there. Um, so let's get back to WrestleMania. If you guys have any more super chats, so send them through. We'll definitely answer your question. Like I said, I appreciate the channel. If you guys haven't, please smash that like button so we can get people to watch as many uh see this as much as possible. So thank you for that. Um Charlotte and Rhonda. So I could tell that the crowd really didn't like either one of them that much. Well, a lot of boos for both. Like there were cheers, but there were definitely a lot of people that weren't fans of either one. Um, and the match kind of started a little flat, but I thought this was a really good match. And I think that Charlotte Flair is really freaking good. And I think Rhonda's very athletically talented and she'll only get better. If she keeps wrestling. So I had no complaints. So now I'm sitting here thinking, Okay, so the the Logan Paul stuff was good. Bianca and Becky was really good. Cody and Seth was excellent. Rhonda and Charlotte was really good. Like, we might have ourselves a good WrestleMania here. You know what I mean? And um, after that, man, man, oh, man. If my... If my teenage self knew what I was about to see, like I would have been on cloud nine. And you know, the funny thing was, is I bought a ticket. I bought a ticket to see Cody Rhodes and to see Stone Cold Steve Austin return to the ring. 
and I got both. Yeah. And neither one and neither one were advertised. You know what I mean? .com. Right. <laughs> um, but but even with Fightful, the stuff got goofy, right? Like not not but like it just kept changing. Nobody could give you a solid yes, this is happening. Right. You know? The WWE and, didn't even like it was a KO right. show. Like we were well, like, and I, and I kind of I so this is my thing. I think this was one of the most poorly booked things, but it turned out to be amazing, right? But I kind of feel like Stone Cold was like, I'm going to have to go out there or I'm going to have to like feel this thing out and see how I actually feel day of to commit if I'm going to wrestle or not. Because the last thing I want is for me to agree to this. And then all of a sudden my nerves hit, like just like WrestleMania 19, right? His nerves hit. He went into shock. He had to be admitted into the emergency room. Like, I just think like he wanted to make sure that he felt good enough to go through with this. And it was going to take like basically that week of him getting down to Dallas and feeling it and deciding if that's what he wanted to do. And honestly, the story kind of reminds me of like a really poorly booked CM Punk versus MJF like feud. Like that's kind of what this story was like, you know, you met me at the airport. You told me to keep talking kid and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, you were my favorite wrestler or whatever. Now I'm just going to run down Texas and I'm calling you out. And, you know, man, I swear to God, though, when Kevin was like, I tricked you, Steve. Like, I'm not looking for this like a talk show. Like, I'm looking for a fight. I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and um, and then uh, when he's like, I want a match. I want a no holds barred match. And I was like. Oh my God, they're going to do it, you know? And then you're like, yes, yes. I'm at home going like, no way, no way. Like I'm, I'm oh. watching with my friends like, no way is this actually happening. And I, I'm, I'm doing that, but I'm so excited because I can feel it. It's coming, you know, like they're, they're dropping the hits. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. And, uh, you know, he's like, I had my first match in Dallas, Texas. I could have my last match in Dallas, Texas. And, and man, and by the way, too, like when the glass shattered and he came out and a huge pop and then he went he went on each side. And he he uh, he went right on, on my side, of course, and then he went on the other side. It was great seeing him. And then and then he went and got the uh, the ATV four wheeler or whatever. And man, like it was so awesome. And uh, when they actually agreed to have the match and so the match, they ring the bell and I am just like. I can't believe this is happening. I'm so excited. But I'm also like, you know, a couple punches. Yeah, stop a mud hole. Like, Luther press maybe if his knees were okay. Like, yeah. And I noticed, like, you know, he looked really stiff. Like, I'm like, this might be a bad idea. Like, at first, he looked stiff. He looked slow. And I was like, man, this might be a bad idea. And, man, when they got to the outside and then – Kevin Owens gave him a suplex on the concrete. And I was like, holy crap. Like, they're actually going for this, right? And then they got to the ramp. And, like, they're doing another suplexes on the ramp. And I'm like, oh, my God. And it was weird, too, because it's like the crowd, I felt like, should have been into it, like, all the way. And they were, like, into it for pockets. So, like, it would kind of die down. Spot would hit, they cheer, then die down, spot hit, cheer. Um, 
but man, like it was so awesome. It was so awesome. And then like he even took a stunner from Owens, kicked out, and then he won the match. And it was just like I couldn't believe that I saw that. Like I couldn't believe that like I'm leaving a WrestleMania happy. Like that's the first time that's ever happened. I've been to four of them. I am leaving a WWE event happy. Like I've, it's probably been 10 years since I left a WWE event happy, you know, like, so I just, I was, me and Bill both were in a state of shock. Like we were like, dude, that wasn't just like good. That was like really good. That was a really good WrestleMania. And I am, and and I'll say this too, when the cameras went off and Austin was celebrating because he went on both sides and he really took it all in he was definitely like after he got out of the ring, he went up the ramp and he was on both sides. He would leave and come back and celebrate. And then he'd get back on his four wheeler and ride around. Like he took it all in, trust me. Um, but I, uh, he, Oh, he would use the middle finger once, once the cameras were off, like he, he started using the middle finger. So that was pretty cool. Um, when did uh, what did Bill say about Cody? Like once you got to talk to him about about it. Uh so he he read the Variety article, right? And then we were in the hotel room, and he read the he listened to the Cody press conference, and he watched the Cody Ariel Hawani interview, and I felt like that he had accepted it and he was fine, and he was like, you know, I'm not buying any merch though. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not supporting that. Like, that's a cool shirt, but it's got that WWE logo on the side of the arm. I'm not doing that, you know? So I was like, okay. So in the morning, we were heading to the superstore, and he's like, I'm going to get Cody's shirt. Did I'm he? like, what are you talking about? And he he didn't. He, he grabbed it, and then he changed his mind. He's like, no, I'm not doing it. So, um I don't know. He's very, he's still very torn on it. Like some days he seems fine about it. And the, <laughs> the next day he's not okay with it at all. So I don't know. We were talking I'm about some sort of like life threatening disease for like some right. days. He doesn't, doesn't affect him too bad, but other days yeah. it's like really hurting. Got, he's got Codyitis right now. I don't, I don't uh, know what it is. He's, it's okay, he's, Bill. He's I'm, I'm, I'm the biggest Cody Rhodes fan. I think anyone will ever find in the world. And like I've just accepted it because, and a big part of the reason yep. why I've accepted it is because AEW is fine. Like this doesn't take yep. away from me being an AEW fan at all. It actually kind of adds to it, and it makes it more interesting because I'm I'm honestly kind of interested to see if this happens to anybody else because yep. I think this was a pocket of fans that got it. Like I think I don't think that most of the people that were like booing Cody and stuff actually wanted to run him out of the company and now that they have like they're either going to feel like they have the power to do it again to somebody else or they're going to be like hmm, how about we appreciate who we have while we're here so they don't go over there like yeah you know um but anyway, i think it's I was, absolutely I, I think it's absolutely brutal that the last thing the fan base said to brandy <laughs> Rhodes was shut the f up mm-hmm. like imagine because i i personally think cody had already made a decision at that point so imagine like if you were on the fence at all and you heard that, you were just like, yeah, we got to get out of here. It's over. You know what I mean? One well, thing that also, I find interesting too mm-hmm. is that QT Marshall is like one of Cody's best friends. And QT was in the bus with Cody when Triple H came in to talk to him. 
QT was in the bus with Cody basically before he went out to WrestleMania. But like QT helps like coach. He helps book AEW. Like he's a huge part of AEW backstage. And that almost starts to feel like a little bit of a conflict of interest. So I'm wondering how that will go. Well, and the Nightmare family, like the the, the factory, sorry, the Nightmare factory, yeah. the training facility. Like Cody is still running that. I know, I know somebody who trains there and like she honestly didn't believe he was going back until he showed up on WrestleMania. Um, so it'll be interesting because Cody said that that the school's not shutting down. He's going to be still doing that. So I think that's why this con this contract is so complex is part, part has to do with, I'm sure his school and other merchandise well, did, and his brand. Did you, did you hear what he said? Where basically he told Ricky Starks and QT to get a trash bag and take his stuff out. Like he never went to get his stuff. They took his stuff. Oh, fight from the building. Yeah. 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 No, I, I believe it. Um, and then like another some, thing that's that's definitely worth mentioning is Brandy is not a part of this WWE Cody Rhodes presentation. And if she which was I think it's huge. If she was, I think he'd be getting booed. Yep. I think so. it's huge. I think she's she just doesn't she doesn't work for the wrestling business. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like I think maybe as a manager at best, but like anything else, like it just it it feels in AEW it, almost all spots feel like they were earned. And Brandy felt like she was just handed a spot because she was Cody's wife. And I just don't think the fans are ever going to buy into that. If he, if they feel like something is not earned, they're not going to support you. Well, I think they would change their minds if like she like became like a really good in-ring wrestler or something. Like she, if she could right. like, earn their respect. But like the problem now is, <clears throat> you know, she had a hard time looking credible in the ring in AEW against some, I mean, some of the women in AEW are like really, really good, but there's others that aren't great. And she's had like not great matches against not great wrestlers. I can't imagine. I can't imagine what she would look like in the ring with a Charlotte flair or a Sasha Banks. She would be completely lost. Like there's yeah, I think it's just, so funny how much people hate Charlotte because God damn, she's good, man. She's incredible. Charlotte is so good. I, I, I think she's the best female wrestler that WWE's ever had. Like straight up, yeah. like you know, you can make an argument for other people, but when you factor I think in like Becky her family, is really good, like character wise and like superstar wise, like, and I'll say this too: their women are superstars. They could, they can honestly headline shows. They're that good, and they have that big of a fan base as well. Yeah. Well, so the, the thing with Charlotte is like she has a family lineage. She's great in the yeah. ring. She's always used in the title programs, whether she's the champion or going for the title. Like it's everything she does seems important on the show. She cuts good promos, in my opinion. Like there's nothing to dislike about her other than the the same people that don't like Cody are the same people that don't like Charlotte. They don't like seeing somebody that seems like unattainably good at stuff. It feels like like they're like good looking. They have everything going for them. They're good in the rain. They're good on the microphone. And for whatever reason, it's like the it's the whole like if you don't have haters you're doing something wrong that's like kind of what's happening with people like charlotte and cody i think is people like they get they essentially get jealous and then they yeah. they figure out all these reasons to hate on them over and over and over again but with no real reason to hate on them other than like they're so successful and then they try to make it seem like their success is the reason that the other people they like aren't successful like because cody's successful and charlie's successful that means that 
<clears throat> that's the reason Liv Morgan isn't getting a push because Charlotte's so so you know it's like that isn't that isn't it. Liv Morgan isn't a massive star. Charlotte is. You know, like there's there's levels to this. And yeah, Charlotte's on a different level than most of the other women. Like, I mean, you have you do have Becky and Sasha, um, Bailey. There's other women I like. I like Asuka, <clears throat> like Io Shirai. Like, there's there's good wrestlers there in the there's a ton of good w- women's wrestlers in the WWE. Yeah. But yeah, Charlotte, <clears throat> people she's gonna be like a John Cena when she leaves the WWE eventually. Fans are going to be really kicking themselves for hating on her so much while they had her. Yeah. 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 She's really good. Um, So, yeah. So, Mania Night One, I thought was, I thought was great. And I really hate the idea of two nights because, like, just imagine where I'm coming from, where, you know, I went to WrestleCon, I went to GCW, I went to WrestleCon again all day, and I went to Ring of Honor. And then I went to WrestleCon again, and then I went to WrestleMania. So then I'm going to go to the Superstar store on Sunday, and then I'm going to WrestleMania again. And not only am I going to WrestleMania again, I'm going to be paying $30 to park my car again. I'm going to be in the exact same seats I was in. And you know how much a, a WrestleMania cup with soda in it cost? Like, how big was the cup? Give me a general. Kinda... Let's, say, let's say like a, a large at a fast food restaurant. Lars of the Fast, oh, probably like 12 bucks. $14. Yeah. yeah. $14. So Bill bought. cost them probably four cents. (laughs) Bill bought two cups and nachos, and it was $41. That's so insane. So insane, right? So, like, you're just over it at that point, right? So, and then I'm sitting in the same seats because I bought dual um tickets right so i'm in the exact same section the same seats there's no special feel at this point i wouldn't hang out in the lounge um because they have a huge lounging area in at&t stadium where i could just like lay on some like really comfortable cushiony things and just chill and i did that for like two hours until the show actually started once the show actually started i got up and i went down to my seat but like just going there again you just have no energy. It's just like, okay, you know, I'm here for Mania Night 2. Here we go. But um, anyways, I went to the Superstore. The Superstore is sick. By the way, $15 to park. Um, and I, uh, because I had the Shawn Michaels meet and greet, I was able to go in and I didn't have to pay an admission. But otherwise, that's $10 to go in. Um but when I say Superstore, like this is really access, it just rebranded. Um, it's huge. It's like the size of a mall. And you go in there and I mean, it is just like WWE heaven, right? Like it's just every kind of shirt you can imagine, every replica belt. Like they have these custom like Macho Man replica belts for like a thousand dollars. I've, I've um, seen those. They're pretty sick. Yeah. yeah. They had an Undertaker Museum where had like all of his coats and all of his like coffins and everything, but it's $25 to go in there. Um, But anyways, I went and got in line to meet Shawn Michaels and my buddy Gabe had a replica belt, but like the Eagle belt, right? The original. Um, And it had Bret Hart's signature on it and Undertaker's signature on it. And he wanted to get Shawn Michaels' signature on it. So when you get to up there, Fitterman is now doing this thing where they have like a table 
and they put like this generic, the new WWE title, like the one that Brock has in that picture. And they just put it up on the table. But it's like Sean never had that belt. Right. So it looks stupid, right? <clears throat> right? Undertaker never had that belt. It looks stupid. But anyways, Gabe brought the belt. So he asked if he could remove that belt and put the one the put the eagle belt on there. And they said yes, he could. So he did. And then I was right behind Gabe. I said, Gabe, leave the belt there. I want to do the same thing. He's like, okay, cool. So I was able to get my picture with Sean with the belt there. So that was cool. I shook Sean's hand. Um, and I just said, thank you for everything. I think you're the goat, you know, can't thank you enough. And he was, he was nice. So thank you. I really appreciate it. And, you know, it's quick. They're trying to get people in and out, but, um, you know, he's, he's Sean Michaels. So that was really cool to meet him. And then, uh, I just walked around. It, one thing that was really weird is they had, um, like they have a big old like Titantron screen where you can go through an entrance way and they film your entrance and you can pick who you want and multiple people pick Cody. Right. So I'm hearing kingdom constantly while I'm walking around in the superstore and I'm just like, this is like the twilight zone. You know what I mean? Um, but, uh, they're just, so I go over in the corner and man, they had like, like, all these original items from WrestleMania, like what Sean wore when he was uh, um, at WrestleMania 12, when he was going down um, the zip line, line. Yeah. like that, that vest that he had on. And then like, you know, what Undertaker wore here, or what Roman Reigns or Brock shorts from this event and like all the way down. So it was pretty cool. You could see all that. And they had like pictures of it too. And then on the other side, they had the A&E, um, clips from that that haunted tre the the hunted treasures and then they had like items from those clips up there so that was cool and then like i said the figures they had like a display of all the upcoming figures coming out in glass cases and they had like all sorts of different setups that look really cool and uh they had um they they just had like uh uh, they actually had some food down the back with like sodas and stuff, which was good. And they had um, free airbrush tattoos, like a huge section where you could just get whatever tattooed you wanted for free on you for like the day or whatever. So, I mean, yes, you pay for it, but they have some like cool stuff, you know, and like I said, any shirt you could imagine. And then, like I said, they had a Cody section and they had a big statue of Dustin, Dusty. And, you know, it was just uh it was just kind of cool. And so then after that, we went to Mania. And then um, night two was Triple H coming out was awesome. Super awesome. Because, you know, he's a huge part of our childhood as well. And for him to retire, it's just, it's weird. Like, you see Austin's supposed last match, which I'm not really buying, by the way. Um, oh, yeah, I think he's going to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> that or he's at least going to you know, possibly do another Mania match or maybe even SummerSlam. Hey, Col Colbert versus Steve Austin in Saudi Arabia. There you go. <laughs> um, so like that, and then um, it, that was cool. And then the tag match um, was cool. People, they love RK-Bro, man. RK-Bro is super over. They really love them. And... Uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like, I think they might be making a huge mistake with Gable Stevenson. I just think it's too much. 
And I don't know if he's going to be as good as they want him to be. Like, cool, he can do a suplex. But, I mean, they're treating this kid like he is the next big thing. And we haven't really even seen him, like, do. And and not only that, it's going to feel so forced. And you know how the crowd feels when something is forced. They always turn on him. And uh, I just, I just don't know if they should be putting all their eggs in one basket like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, the, that we're gonna have to. That's a whole project in itself, Gable Stevenson. So yeah, but, but just saying, just observing him, like I didn't think that he had this huge superstar presence to him, and I didn't think that he really like felt like a guy that was going to be like the head of the company, and yet they're really putting him over that way. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, the um, is saying Brock Lesnar. It's really more like the new Kurt Angle. Um, like Angle was kind of being courted by the WWE also, like during like the Olympics and after the Olympics and stuff. And oh, but Brock Lesnar makes a lot. I mean, the comparison's there as well. But like, I, I really see it as like a Kurt Angle type thing. Yeah. So there's that, and then um, what else? Because I know it wasn't that great. Um, there was Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn, which is basically like real life. Looney I thought Tunes. it was honestly pretty good. Like the crowd loved it and it was about as good as it, it, it could have been in my opinion. So I thought it worked. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, it was, it was kind of just like real life Looney Tunes. Like it was like just hitting each other with weapons and running around and chasing each it other. Was almost, it was almost like jackass in concert is kind of how yeah. it felt. You know? When I called it before the match even started, I told my brother and my friend that we were watching with, I was like, I will put any amount of money that a wee man will come out from under the ring. Like he'll, he'll be like Hornswoggle and he'll come out from under the yep. ring. And that for sure happened. The party boy stuff and whatnot. Like, yeah. Um, How about that yeah. body slam? Wee man's body slam was actually pretty impressive. Yeah. That. yeah. And then uh, after that was, uh, Naomi and Sasha Banks beating Carmella and Zelina, Morgan and Ripley, and an, an Italian Shannon Baszler. Cool entrance. That's about it. They they gave all that extra. They gave all that crowd up front um, glow sticks. That's why everyone had them. I, you, they had like boxes and boxes. They were just throwing out to try to get as many they could in the crowd. That makes sense. Um, then it was Edge versus AJ Styles, which I thought was was a pretty damn good match. I was disappointed in it. Like I thought the match was heading the right direction. And then like edge just took like one, I mean, AJ took the spear by being distracted by priest and it was over. And I just like, to me, it was really cheaply done. And um, Vince McMahon could call Tony Khan on how to book a match. Yeah. Well, no, I agree. It wasn't like, it wasn't great, but like it was, I didn't like the the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Like they can both, both of them can really work still. Like they're both, yes. but yeah, that it was, it was more about establishing Damian Priest and Edge's new thing. That's which to me doing. didn't feel like that should have been for WrestleMania. That should have been for like a Raw rematch or in the next pay per view. But like WrestleMania should have been like this epic match between AJ Styles and Edge, and it just it it was yeah. heading that way, and then it just fell flat. Or they could have had sick though. Yeah, it was his entrance was sick. Um, and he was wearing kind of like the Undertaker kind of gear, yeah, like with the with purple. the purple light too. Yeah, 
Um, they, it probably would have made more sense if they would have just had AJ beat Edge and just like a really good match, and then like yep. at WrestleMania Backlash have yep. this happen with Damian Priest, yeah, um, for I Edge agree. to get the win back. Um, after that was this lasted less than two minutes. Uh, Sheamus oh. and Ridge Holland defeating the New Dude. Day. Vince hates the New Day. I don't care what anyone says. He hates the yeah. New Day. I mean, their match was supposed to happen on night one and got bumped because of video packages. So yeah, and then they only got two minutes the next night. Yeah, the ironic as thing a is, tribute to Big E. Yeah, I know that was that was real sad. Um, they uh, the ironic thing is, I remember years ago when Cody Rhodes got his WrestleMania match pulled the night of. It was supposed to be, I think, him and Sandow versus like Brodus Clay and Tensai or something like that, and. Um, they got bumped the night of WrestleMania, and there wasn't two nights of WrestleMania at the time, so they just didn't. Cody just didn't get on WrestleMania, and then ironically, like he comes back to WrestleMania, and like that same card, somebody gets bumped off of it. A former champion in Kofi Kingston, nonetheless, and the current um, King of the Ring, they got yeah squashed in a minute and a half, which was yeah once once again makes it even sadder that the whole thing was based around Biggie getting his neck broken and like the 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 feel good story of like at least seeing his friends like you know get a little revenge for him and make him happy in the hospital with the neck brace and yeah, they get destroyed. Um, after that, Butch, when I saw oh, yeah. Butch, I was like, that could have been Adam Cole. Yeah, like, it would have been. Yeah, That's basically what he would have been. Cause Butch now is just a manager. Basically he's an angry little manager. Yep. Champa is going to be next. So they'll probably put Champa and like the Damian priest edge thing or something. It'll be some like, which I think would actually guy. be pretty good. Maybe. We'll and then I think I think they should have Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Then that yeah, way they sense. have a pretty nice little faction. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens with all that. The next thing was uh, probably the most interesting that happened. Interesting thing that happened on the entire show was Pat McAfee beating Austin Theory, and then Mr. McMahon actually wrestling Pat McAfee in a match afterwards. So which, first, by off, the way, well, Pat McAfee. Get, yeah, go ahead. Let's say before we get into that, like. <laughs> this was the weirdest stuff ever where the WWE for two nights in a row just put like something together that was unadvertised ahead of time. Just like they could be doing this stuff all year. Like just giving the fans what they want. Like, you know what? We're here and the fans are really wanting Ima- this or imagine that. Imagine like, if they build it up Austin and Kevin Owens in a no holds barred match for WrestleMania, those tickets yeah. would have sold out immediately and the buildup would have been huge. Yeah. Like and same for advertising it, Mr. Man wrestling a match. Like against Pat. Or Matthews. you know, I, I thought it was cool that Cody just showed up and it worked out. But like if Cody and Seth actually had build up for like three weeks and like, you know, I think that could have been huge. There's just a lot of things that like was so lazy, but it turned out okay. But the reports were that Vince was talking about wrestling Pat McAfee, like, and people were like, no, he's, he's too old. That's not happening. Yeah. And then it ended up happening. Um, I'll say Pat McAfee's entrance was awesome. The crowd was really into it. And I think Pat McAfee is a huge part of why pro wrestling is starting to be accepted again by the mainstream because he's having athletes talk about wrestling and he's having people that, you know, are watching his show and he's on SmackDown every Friday. Like he's a huge part of 
pro wrestling getting some respect in the mainstream crowd again. So, and, and honestly, I think Pat is great. I think Pat could quit commentary and just become a full-time wrestler if he wanted to. And I think he could do it. Like he's a natural, um, very entertaining guy. He was, he was really good. Um, I really enjoyed, I, I honestly enjoyed all of this. I enjoyed every bit of it from the, the match between him and Austin theory to Vince going in the ring, to Stone Cold coming out, like, all awesome. Except the, the, the stunner. stunner. Yeah, the, the stunner part. was such trash. Why would Vince fall to his knees taking a kick? And then not only that, is something wrong with Vince's hearing? Because he heard Austin Theory's song, and he freaked out thinking it was Stone Cold Steve Austin because he knew Stone Cold was coming. So, like, I don't know if, like what happened there but that was almost a dead giveaway i still didn't think it was going to be awesome i thought it was going to be shane because i was like they're going to find try to find a way to get shane on wrestlemania but man when it was austin to have austin mcmahon again are you kidding me you know and then like you get the undertaker's little farewell at the hall of fame too like to see triple h you know farewell and, and undertaker and stone cold and mcmahon and stone cold's last match like it was just a crazy wrestlemania for the attitude era yeah the yeah for sure the 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 thing with vince that just makes it ultra funny is just like that's the guy who is critiquing and making decisions on like what's good in matches and who should get pushed and the best wrestling and sports entertainment and stuff and like that i mean granted his age and every I, i get it but like that was like you would you would have thought he'd never seen wrestling before. Like you like this is like why are you selling like this for a stunner? This doesn't make any sense. But I agree. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Like, and I was it almost looked like this when he took the stunner, he broke both his legs. Like it's just like, oh man, whatever. But I thought it was really cool. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I, I love too that Austin, when Austin hit the stunner, he knew how awful that was. And he just cracked up. Like he was a good sport about it. It was fun. Yeah. And then the uh, the main event, Brock and Roman. Um, it was pretty much just them spamming finishers. And yep. Roman just uh, hit enough spears at the end of the day. After saying his arm was like torn out of the socket, like his shoulder. It um, looked, I mean, you can a, see a bump out and then he's like all bruised up and stuff. So I'm thinking like did um, Brock actually just like lock him in a full on Kimura right, and like right. Yeah, right. That's what I thought too. I'm like, oh, I guess he actually just put the move on him and tore out his tricep. Perfect. Um but yeah, I, I definitely like didn't enjoy night two as much as night one. Night one was was the big one for me. Night two had moments. Night two was okay, but night one and what's funny is going in right, everyone thought night two was way better than night one. But it's almost been the past two WrestleManias that they've done the two nights. Night one just feels more special. It just does. There's more to it, you know? And a couple of things that I wanted to say. Um, one, uh, I feel like that the wrestling would not have been as good if AEW has not been on their heels. I feel like that they brought more than they normally do. Because even if you go back to like Sasha and Bianca, right? Everyone loves that match. But I didn't think there was that many false finishes. I didn't think it went that long. It just what didn't really feel like a WrestleMania match to me. 
Becky and Bianca was a lot different. There was a lot different, a lot more false finishes. Charlotte and and uh, Ronda was a lot different. Like Cody and Seth, that was basically an AEW type match that you got there. You don't normally see those in WWE. Um, so I just felt like that they know that they've got to deliver more from that aspect if if AEW is going to keep doing what they're doing. So I think they're definitely paying attention. And then two, like. I just felt so proud for a lot of guys. Like I saw Kevin Owens in ring of honor, you know, I paid $10 to meet him like 10 years ago at a ring of honor show. Um, you know, see even, even Sami Zayn, El Generico. And now he's got like this big angle with Johnny Knoxville and all the crowds really enjoying it and laughing. And like, I remember Austin theory wrestling Joey Janela at a WrestleMania weekend and being like the evolved guy and, now here he is being like Vince's sidekick, you know, and Kevin, like Kevin Owens gets, Kevin Steen gets to face Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, that's just so wild. And like Seth Rollins was Tyler Black and, you know, Cody Rhodes with his long traveled independent run to now back in and really like they're, they're running the company. You got AJ Styles from TNA and, you know, it's just like, all the hard work that these guys put in and, and to see them basically running pro wrestling now, it's just a, it's a proud moment for me as a fan. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just really happy for all the guys. And uh, it's just a, it just shows you that like pro wrestling just through all the companies and you just never know how it's going to turn out. And I think that's what makes it so fun. You know, you, you if, if we look five years into the future, there's going to be so many crazy changes and all this stuff that you would have never predicted. And I think a lot of that has to do with the birth of AEW and Tony Khan and all that. Like, it's made wrestling better. And I, and I don't think, I, like, WWE fans understand that. I don't think that they get the fact that, like, by having competition, everything is going to be better. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And it's exciting knowing what like great hands the future of wrestling is in, not just from like a Tony Khan perspective of like <clears throat> what he's done for the business with AEW and now Ring of Honor and how that's helped the indies and all that stuff. But like the talent itself, five years from now, we're going to be seeing like 22, 23 year old you know, Billy Starks and Starboy Charlie and Marcus Mathers and Nick Wayne. And like these, these, these people are going to be close to 10 year veterans at 23 years of age. You know what I mean? Like, right. like, like these, like these are going to, the wrestling is going to keep getting more and more advanced. It's going to keep getting better. The in ring style is going to keep evolving. And um, the future is super bright. Cause even not when, even not just the kids that we're talking about that are that young, even like the current, gcw roster there's a lot of people right right there that like if they were given a platform on tbs tnt usa network whatever like they could be household names like the talent the talent's out there all over the world right now and all these different companies so yeah the WWE factors into that you know like i i could totally see a guy like joshua bishop eventually winding up in the WWE and stuff like there are, there are plenty of people that I think have a ton of potential that I think the WWE is going to be a good fit for them eventually. Um, and you know, if it, and WWE fans, you know, if you only watch WWE, that's, that's fine. That's, you know, but 
I mean, it's so much more fun for me personally to like follow the journey from as early on as possible. Then if they wind up in AEW or they wind up in WWE, it's like, I'm even more of a fan because I've been supporting them all this time. And now they just, that, especially when they get to keep doing what they were doing that, that made them them and just do yeah. that just on a platform where a lot more people can see it. That's why AEW is so, something that I like so much. A big part of it is they, they don't really change much. They just take you how you are in the Indies, which what got you over, why you have a fan right. base. Now you're just doing it in front of a million people instead of, you know, a few hundred. Like, right. you know, and it, it, WWE can do that as well if, if they, if they will. But th- I think it's going to take moves like what Cody did to really get them to do that for anybody. Like for Cody to quit the company and say, essentially tell them when he quit back in, it was May 22nd. It was my birthday, 2016. When he, you know, him essentially telling them, look, you don't see me as a main eventer. Like you've made this very clear. I don't want to do the Stardust thing anymore. You want me to keep doing it. You keep calling all these other NXT people, Dusty's kids. I'm actually Dusty's kid. Like let, I want out of my contract. I'm going to go show you why I'm bugging you so much about how I want to be used more. And I want to be a main eventer and I want to be your next John Cena and let me out of my contract. I'm going to go prove it to you. And now we're six years later where he's, uh, he is a actual celebrity. He's on, he's on mainstream television shows and, and doing projects and stuff that aren't even within wrestling. He's one of the biggest wrestlers in the world. As far as like popularity goes, he founded their main competition, the biggest competition they've ever had. This is a bigger competition than the WCW ever was like for, for a company this young to be doing what they're doing. Like he did all these things plus more. And it's like now that now that he's available, Vince is going, you know what? You did everything I asked you to do. You're really the only person to ever do this. Like to like yeah. to call to call me out on this and then proving me wrong. So I want this, Cody. Like what you what yeah. you have made for yourself, I want. And if that message can really spread and like more people can do that, not it doesn't have it doesn't even require leaving the WWE initially. Like make enough buzz for yourself on the independent scene and really know your value because you have all these options now you don't you aren't yep. in a position like it was even five years ago where like well i want to work for the WWE. i've done all this work here i'm going to sign with the WWE. they're probably going to change everything about me put me in nxt teach me how to do headlocks yada yada but like what am i going to do about it i've reached my peak outside the WWE. WWE is the only place to go now it's like if you're a uh if, i'm thinking like a big indie star that hasn't that hasn't really blown up uh, on television. Maybe like a someone like a good game, like a Ninja Mac, even someone like that. Like if you were now, you have a little bit of leverage at least to be like, this is like I'm this guy. This is what makes me me. If you don't want me as is, I'm gonna be me as is here instead of here. You know, it like, would be I, like it would be like saying like the WWE is interested in Ninja Mac, but they want him to take off the mask and they want him to be a boxer. Right. And, and now it's like, like, no, I got over as Ninja Mac. I'm going in as Ninja Mac or I'm not going in. Like, exactly. And then it's like, if you don't want to sign me, I can go somewhere else. Like, that's the thing. And like, people always complain about the UFC and not paying their fighters enough and all that stuff. But it's like, you have to have another company that's willing to pay more. And now that that exists, everybody's getting paid more. You know what I mean? Everybody's getting paid more. Everybody is, um, knows they have options. Even Sami Zayn said like he didn't want to leave the WWE, but he knew he had options. 
And because of that, then the WWE knows they have options. You know what I mean? So it's like, 100%. okay, well, we got to do this. So it, it, it's all good, man. It's all good. And I, I'll say this. I think wrestling's more fun when WWE's good too. Now, yeah, absolutely. When everything's good, I think I think it's it's all fun, right? And and like like here's the thing in April, right? So you have WrestleMania, and then we have Dynamite to look forward to with FTR versus the Young Bucks too, which is gonna be awesome, right? But Samoa Joe versus Matt Cat Max Caster. Right, which crazy. Max Caster's gonna have a nice little rap for him. <laughs> and like, but then you also have New Japan coming up with uh Will Ospreay versus John Moxley. And, you know, who's to say what else is going to be coming out? And it's just like as if each company can keep producing good things, then, you know, we're all in a healthy spot. And it all helps us get through. And I'll say this, man. This was like I haven't left my house like for four days in over two years. And just to be at WrestleCon was like it was so normal man like hardly anybody was wearing a mask not one wrestler was wearing a mask and everybody was there was no social distancing everybody was close like it was all like back to normal i didn't think about anything come politics i didn't think about football i didn't think about anything outside of wrestling all i thought about i didn't even think about mma all i thought about was wrestling i was completely lost in the weekend and it was honestly like the whole experience. It was one of the best experiences of my life. Like I had the time of my life. I can't recommend enough WrestleMania weekend. It's the best. I've never had a bad WrestleMania weekend. I've had bad WrestleManias, but I've never had a bad WrestleMania weekend. And the talent that I've seen in WrestleMania weekend, like from indies and all that is some of the greatest talent of all time, like just amazing stuff. So if you're on the fence of going to a WrestleMania, I don't even necessarily recommend you go to WrestleMania, but you got to do WrestleMania weekend. WrestleMania weekend is the best. But I do think to take it all in, you should go to WrestleMania as well because they do have a tendency to have good shows. And luckily, I was able to finally see one. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad you had an awesome time. I know we have one more super chat from Kogan, and then we'll all oh, yeah. wrap this up. And Kogan also said, like, oh, yeah, you know, Vince um, Vince really hates the New Day, but yet he pushed him for, like, 10 years and gave Kofi time. Okay, that's fine, but apparently he doesn't like them anymore. <laughs> like, he, he had Biggie drop the belt. He squashed them in two minutes. He squashed Kofi with Brock Lesnar. Like, whatever the New Day is at this point, he's not really a fan of. So, um, but thanks for the Super Chat, Kogan. Uh, we're coming up on 20 years of Randy Orton on the main roster. What do you think the proper send-off for him would be? Also, favorite memories of him. Um, one is he doesn't sound like he wants to retire anytime soon. He sounds like he still wants to be in this for a while. But, I mean, my favorite stuff of him is early Randy Orton, like evolution Randy Orton. My favorite stuff is like the McFoley feud, the McFoley match at Backlash. Um I really enjoyed the buildup to WrestleMania 25 with Triple H, like when he um, attacked Kiss Randy Stephanie. in his house and all that, and kissed Stephanie. Like, I thought that was really good. Um, he's had his moments, but um, I'm not the biggest Randy Orton fan. 
But I do think, you know, like Hall of Famer, Legend, all that stuff. Legend Killer stuff was good. Yeah, I'll give that. But I just think the whole evolution thing. Did you hear Cody's story when he first met Randy Orton? About the urinal thing? Is that what you're yes. Yeah. Holy crap. Like, you hear stories about how wild Randy was. But, like, for him to just rip a urinal out of the wall and then, like, act like he didn't do it. Like, Wow. Like, how untouchable do you think you are for you to just do that at a hotel? Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, Randy's a legend. I I think, honestly, future's bright feuds-wise because I think the Cody-Randy uh, Orton feud is money, and I, I think Randy Orton and Riddle will be money. So um, a lot of good stuff to look forward to. But – my favorite Randy Orton match is for sure the uh, Mick Foley match at Backlash. Incredible match. Yeah, same here. Another shout out to uh, to him and Undertaker WrestleMania when like there was like a that was when they really started making the streak like feel important and like yeah. Orton like could have been at that time it would have made sense with the Legend Killer thing and everything and yeah um a lot of a lot of people thought and still think he he may should have won that um. I mean, yeah. I mean, my favorite stuff is definitely him and Foley. Um, I liked him with Evolution against uh, Rock and Sock at WrestleMania too. That was awesome. Yeah, like just to cool. see them all in the same match. As far as like his final match, I don't know because I think it'll be a long time uh, before yeah. he wrestles his final match. But I think a really cool scenario would be depending on where they're where they're at in their life, like him versus Batista would like make a lot of sense. Um, like, to, you know, considering their history and them both coming up together in evolution and everything, I think it'd make a lot of sense. Um, him and Triple H would be like the most obvious one, but it doesn't seem like Triple H is going to wrestle ever again. Orton and Christian yeah. at SummerSlam 2011. Yeah, that was for the world, the world heavyweight title. Those were good matches too with the yep. two of them. Yep. No, he's had, he's had some good ones. I mean, even some of his Cena stuff has been good. Um, his Triple H feud's been good, so. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Um, New Era 24. Appreciate the super chat, man. Uh, Vince called Austin Theory a future world champ. Do you believe that? Um, yeah, but I think they need to book him better. Like at some point, I don't know if he's going to turn on Vince and become a super baby face or how that will be, but uh, he's kind of like just the the sidekick of Vince that gets his ass kicked, right? Like Brock Lesnar destroyed him in that elimination chamber. He lost to Pat McAfee. Um, I don't know. But I mean, honestly, that's a healthy spot for them if they can get like a big baby face out of Austin Theory or if they can get a big heel at Austin Theory, whichever. But, like, if they can make him an actual star, that will help them a lot. Yeah, I think he definitely has the potential to be the world champion at some point, but I think it'll be a long time. It won't be, like, anytime soon. In, like, the next couple of years, it'll be probably years out. But it's a good sign to be so linked to Vincent Mann so early on. I mean, the only other comparison that's kind of comparable was Vince – calling Drew McIntyre the chosen one. And that didn't work out. It eventually did when he came back to the company years after all that, but we haven't really seen Vince kind of like handpick someone like this in a while. So, uh, you know, I think, I think it's probably a good sign for Austin theory, but like, but like you said, Doug, I mean, like at the moment he's looking like kind of a chump because Brock made him look like a chump. 
time activity is not even a full-time wrestler and just like straight up beat him, you know, like that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I think that there is truth in Vince thinking that Austin theory will eventually be a world champion for him. But see, like, to me, like if he's supposed to be that young John Cena, then this is going all wrong the way they're booking him. You know, like John Cena was just like the ruthless, ruthless aggression guy that became the rapper that got over and then he was just like a baby face the whole way through, you know? So I, I don't know. I don't know what you do with Austin Theory. I know Austin Theory's like hero is John Cena. I know that he always wanted to be a John Cena type. So if that's what you want to do, then um, they probably should go that route. Sweet. Well, that was a uh, a lot that has to do with WrestleMania week and weekend. Yeah, we have a lot um, to cover. Before we get out of here, shout out to Unkind Esports. Want to make sure to shout them out before we get out of the out of here for the show. Uh, make sure to follow them on all social media at Unkind Esports and check out their website, unkindesports.com. If you're a fan of MMA, pro wrestling, and or video games, that's a great place to go, great community for you. Rob Van Dam's involved over there. So you know that there's pro wrestling fans over there waiting to, to meet you and hang out with you and play games with you and stuff. So go get involved over there in the community at Unkind Esports once again. All social media at Unkind Esports and the website unkindesports.com. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at FightTalk underscore. I've got a lot of a lot of content out there between like some GCW interviews that I did recently. And uh, uh, I've got the spotlight with Jeremy every Thursday at uh, 2 p.m. on the Fightful channel. Did a Ring of Honor post show uh, for Fightful with Joel Pearl right after Supercard of Honor. Um, a whole bunch of stuff out there if you want to watch more of me talking about wrestling over this past week. The Fightful Select Weekender podcast, I did a full review of the collective as well. Um, so, so yeah, that's all the stuff I got going on right now. But, uh, but yeah, been watching uh, a lot of, of wrestling. Yeah, uh, out of the collective, what was the best show in your opinion? Uh, that's really hard to say. I, I love the vibe of Spring Break. So, like, Spring Break yeah. 91, I thought was really, really good. But if Bloodsport's more your thing, like, Bloodsport was really good also. I thought they, the matchups, like, made a lot of sense and, like, they came across well. And none of the fights, like, like dragged. Like, they were all yeah. fairly short. It was just all action. Um, right. And even guys like Ninja, Ninja Mac thrived. Like, he looked great in that element. Like, he unmasked himself, like, before the fight. And, like, he was, like, a totally different dude. Yeah. Like, it was. I saw the finish <laughs> of that. That was dope. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I did like a trouble in paradise, but like came down with his leg like, yep. to the ground. It was, yeah, it was nice. And Yoya did well too. I mean, that, that was, um, I thought Biff, I think Biff Busick has outside of maybe AJ Gray. I think Biff Busick has the best ring entrance in music and everything, uh, on the Indies right now. Uh, him and Moxley was sick. Um, I thought Jonah looked good against, uh, Barnett, uh, Suzuki, and Dickinson was really good too. That's why I keep saying, I think Dickinson might be the next one up. Cause like he's getting some really big wins right now. He's coming off injury. He was kind yeah. of in line for something real big. And now Starboy Charlie's also hurt who he was teaming with. So it kind of opens it up to where like, I can see Dickinson being the next challenger for Moxley potentially. So, yeah. So yeah, but I would no, say I... spring break night one was probably well, of the collective spring break night one. Collective. I think of the, yeah, I, th- I think of the whole weekend though. Like, I think Supercard of Honor like was probably my favorite show, top to bottom. Um, yeah. And WrestleMania White Night One, I thought was yeah. really, really great as well. I mean, like the Cody thing is is really puts it up multiple levels. Like we were saying earlier, that goes from like a show that 
maybe was like without Cody, maybe like a four or five out of 10 to like an eight out of 10. Like it like really bumps it up. Well, so, and then, I mean, just to, to add the Austin thing too, like right, the that, that well. Cody and the Austin, it's just like, man. And then the women's matches delivered the, the yeah. stuff that probably wasn't going to be that good delivered. Nothing was bad. So, I mean, it, it, it was, it was a really good night. I thought yeah. night one was awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. So, all right, man. Well, it was good catching up. And uh, yeah, it was a amazing weekend for myself. And um, it's kind of back to reality now. So I know there's a UFC. We won't be able to cover that, but you guys check that out. Um, should be a good UFC uh, pay-per-view. And um, we'll be back on Tuesday. Yeah, we'll we'll recap the UFC this Tuesday. We I don't know if we're doing a Fightful Fight Night or not for it yet. I have to talk to Sean about that. I don't know what that's going to look like going forward. But here on Live Rounds next thir- next Tuesday, we'll uh, talk about the fallout between uh, Gilbert Burns and Kamzat Chimeov, um, Piotr Jan and Aljamain Sterling, and Alexander Volkanovsky versus Korean Zombie. I will say this. I'm taking the zombie. I'm going crazy. Are I'm you taking, really? I'm taking, I'm taking, I think wow. he matches up style, stylistically. He matches up really well against him. Well, no, and I mean, I think you're a very credible person. So that's where I'm like, okay. Oh, I might yeah, I've been plenty wrong before, here. though. But like, I I, yeah. I I do I do well more often than I don't. Every now and then I throw out an, a prediction that's just super wrong. But right. the thing with zombie is like, if they stand up, I think he's got as good of a chance as anyone to hit him and potentially drop him. And if it goes to the ground, he's really sneaky and unpredictable on the ground. Like Volkanovsky, if he's just like mounting on top of him, Zombie will try to pull up twisters and and arm triangles and arm bars. I mean, like he'll he'll work from the ground more than I mean, Ortega couldn't put out Volkanovsky, so like that's definitely something. But Styles make fights. Like I think Ortega's a better overall fighter than Zombie. We saw it in their in their fight against each other. But stylistically, I think Zombie has a really good shot against Volkanovsky. So. That's just my personal opinion. Um, By the way, guys, I got a ton of photos, so I will be uploading them to Instagram. So be sure to follow the Instagram, and then um, I'll, I'll probably drop some on Twitter as well. So follow yeah. me on Twitter also. Um, but yeah, I've got got a lot of stuff to share. So very cool. cool. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking about a lot of stuff next week. So we'll see what happens. And thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later. I'm hitting the outro. See y'all next next Tuesday, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern, Live Rounds. Thank you for tuning in to Live Rounds. Make sure you leave a like, leave a comment, and donate to Steven Jensen. He will read out your donations on the next week's show. Also, don't forget to follow Doug Bateman and Steven Jensen on Twitter. And if you like what you heard tonight, check out more Live Rounds episodes.